evening, everyone, and welcome to Garage Hammer, episode 40. On tonight's episode, Hobby Commitments, Gaming, Reading, and the Boys Play Santa and Hand Out Some Gifts to the Residents of the Warhammer World. So, without any further ado, here are your hosts, David Whitech and Christopher Barnett. Welcome, 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 and Happy New Year. This is Garage Hammer, episode 40. Happy New Year, episode 40. Happy New Year, episode 40. To all those games that we forgot. I never knew the lyrics of that song. I just like it. I like it, too. I like it because you're supposed to get wasted while singing it. <laughs> oh, is that what you're supposed to do? I think so. I'm an old man with children. My New Year's Eve uh, annually for the last five years has consisted of Chinese food, smoothies from the Chinese food place, which are excellent, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Pick out a couple of movies, and we all gather around in the big king-size bed in my room, and the kids and my wife pass out about 1130. And then at midnight, I finish watching my movie. And then I listen to the the people outside shoot off their fireworks and guns. And guns. I'm certain that some of the people <laughs> that doesn't sound like all fireworks. Has your neighborhood turned into the hood? No, no. I just have some south of the border neighbors who shoot guns on the Fourth of July. And I'm sure when we shoot this bullet into the air, it won't come down. We'll be fine. Well, my sister's boyfriend apparently was out shooting, doing the same thing, so. Whatever. I won't judge. Actually, I will. I just won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't either. He's bigger than I am. There we go. Uh, so, Dave, Dave Whitech, of course, and I'm Chris Skip Barnett. Skip Stevenson and Chris Barnett. Yeah, I know. I'm going to keep doing it. That's the, the, I thought maybe we'd have a New Year's resolution or something. <laughs> I or... have New Year's resolutions, but that's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> My New Year's resolution, I think, is to not break any New Year's resolutions. Okay. There we go. That's Do it. Do you have any other ones? Oh, no. Well, then. So, success. <laughs> Yay. Hey, let's see what I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, with this uncomfortable silence, perhaps this is a moment, as always, to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Yes, we should do that. Who do make our show possible. Like Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Unseen Lurker, the tabletop wargaming magazine. Game Preserve Stores, located throughout Indiana. Ursus Den, custom painting and sculpting. Little change here. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Army. And our newest sponsor. New sponsor? That's right, David Whitech. It's Weird World's Terrain. What's your world? Uh, it's you a can, weird one. It's a, it's a weird world. You can find links and information for all of our sponsors, both in the show notes and also on our website, garagehammer.net. Yes, and the weird Daniel got the Weird World logos up the other day, so if you go to the main page, they're on the, the right column, and if you go to the sponsor page, they're there. Give them a, give them a, a visit. Um, we've gotten some of their terrain. I'm going to be flocking and painting it for use on the boards. Not only that, but we got this uh, great commercial that they sent us. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Okay, so... They said, hey, can we try to give you our own commercial? And I said, well, sure, because then I don't have to do it. And they sent us this commercial, and it starts off sounding actually kind of similar to one of the commercials I'd written for us for Urza's Den. And then all of a sudden, wham, plam, it's better than anything I've ever done. So, In fact, it sounds maybe just a little bit like this. All right, so I guess we'll use this old army book as a hill, and uh, we'll use this soda can as the Dark Tower of Darkness, okay? 
take your gaming to the next level with Weird Worlds Terrain. Our products are handcrafted and cast in lightweight, durable plastic resin that's sure to stand up to the rigors of battle. We're adding new products all the time, so if you're tired of the same boring hills and forests on your table, make Weird Worlds Terrain your destination for tabletop wargaming terrain. WeirdWorldsTerrain.com. What's your world? Check this out. All right. And we are back. Giggity, that was giggity. commercial break one. All right. So. Shiggity, shiggity, swah. Yeah. Give Weird Worlds Terrain a uh, visit. Uh, we might even, in a future episode, be uh, giving some of their terrain away. Uh, so. Foreshadowing. Ooh. Very organic stuff. Look like st- a lot of stone, like stone pillars, stone monuments. Uh uh, pools that you could paint to be like lava pools or 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 you know, water or not weird enough for you. But if you do want to be weird, you could put lava in them. You could make them whipped cream pools for all I care. That's what happens when you roll a seven on the d six for for mysterious <laughs> terrain. <laughs> it's a whipped cream pool. Everyone stops fighting and enjoys the tasty wonderfulness. Whipped cream of chaos. That's 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 not a tasty wonderfulness. It is. That's when the it is, it that's is when the die lands on the corner. That's right. <laughs> like, uh, all right, so we have a shout-out sponsor, uh, Peter McClellan Pop Daddy on our forum sent one in. And, Chris, I'm going to let you take this one, my friend. Thanks, Dave. This is Peter McClellan Pop Daddy on the forums. In about a week, I will be getting married to a wonderful woman who is currently in the midst of a year-long internship in Brainerd, Minnesota. This will be a huge move for me. Now, What's worse about the situation is I have no gaming connections around there. So if there are any Garage Hammer listeners who live in the Brainerd Lakes area or vacation around there, please let me know. I'm always up for a game. You can contact me through the forums or find me on the Garage Hammer Facebook group page. Also, as Cranky's onslaught winds down, I would just like to say that Topher is the reason I listen to the show. Sincerely, blessings, Peter McClellan. Thank you very much, Peter. Uh, and congratulations, Peter. Congratulations, and my condolences on not necessarily being exactly where you thought you'd be. But, folks, if you're out there, if you listen to the show and you're in the Brainerd, Minnesota area, try and find Pop Daddy in the forums and let him know that he is not alone in the Warhammer world. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Cranky's on, Cranky's contest ended at the end of the year. Yes, it did. I have not heard from Cranky as to who won the contest. Um, so, guys, uh, as soon as I hear from Cranky... We'll let you know. Hopefully by next episode we'll be announcing this, um, but you can stop you know, emailing me and messaging me and saying, when is it going to be? Because this is the official notice. The contest is over, and once Cranky chooses the winner, it will be announced. Because right. I got is, no idea at the moment. He's the kingpin of this whole thing. Yep, this was his contest. So I'm just, I'm just happy that we're back to the, the new year, the normal year. Me too. Yeah. Um, 2012. I, I'm welcoming this one with open arms. Yeah. Uh, well, I am too because I'm not one of those people who believe that the world's going to end on December 21st. That's Harrison's birthday. It'll be his 12th birthday on 2012. Maybe he's the Antichrist. That would explain quite a bit. That would explain the the red hair. Yeah, I, I'm not one who believes in the Mayan calendar. If the Mayans were that good at predicting, there'd still be Mayans. Well, maybe that's why they left the planet in <laughs> oh, They Left the planet. Oh, on, yeah. those, on their on their on their in their Mayan spaceships. <laughs> They're on the far side of the moon hiding out with with, with Pink Floyd and Hitler. You think that Hitler? 
Oh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, Hitler died in a in a pool no, of my gasoline. Friend, okay, my friend, my buddy Fred uh, sent me to this place called FirstShowing.net where they have trailers for movies that are coming up, and there's this weird Swedish film being made called I think it's called Iron Skies. Yeah, and the premise is that you know Hitler was doing all those weird experiments. Yeah, he invented space travel, and so him and a bunch of the Nazis knew is they it, were losing. Is and this they, one of those Schlockhaus movies where a chick has like a gun for a leg? No, 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 no. This is some weird Swedish film that they take off, and basically it's modern times. And and what happened was Hitler faked his death, and him and his him and his most trusted Nazis went, and they have been him living, and his most trusted Nazis have been living on the far side on of the a moon. voyage of self discovery. You see this coming around the this you know you see this you know the space you see the moon you see the Americans or the you know the whatever countries the satellites are like what are those and you see these spaceships coming around the moon. And as they tilt their giant metal swastikas, oh and it's like God. iron skies. The Nazis are coming back in their I wanna, spaceships. Okay, I want to see that, but I want to see I want to see the return of. You remember Mel Brooks' uh, History of the World Part One? Oh, Jews, Jews in, in space. space. So I want to see like a Star Wars where it's a swastika versus the Star of David. Uh, as long as the Star of David wins, because oh, please, I hate the freaking Nazis. Speaking of Nazis, Ooh. I just went to go see uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo last night. Mm-hmm. Amazing! I love David Fincher. Don't Dire- know, don't know anything at all about the directed movie. Seven. Don't know David anything. Fincher, remember Seven came out nineteen ninety. Uh, the serial killer Brad Pitt was in it. Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah, yeah. Saw it once. Promised myself never to see it again. That's David Fincher. He also okay. directed Fight Club. Oh, I hate freaking. Oh, I love Fight Club. Fight Club. I hate um, it. I hate it. Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is a book by this uh, Norwegian gentleman who wrote actually. This so so far, this is not sounding like a movie Topher needs to see. But okay, oh, it's it's. Ugly and and vicious. Um, I hate that stuff. Oh, but it was so good, and it was it it had one of the most disturbing scenes I'd ever seen in a film. I thought, why would I want that in my mind? And then, but it's great. I mean, this this poor girl, this poor girl is 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 violated for for lack of a better term. Just yeah, brutally. I definitely don't want to see. This but then movie. the very next scene, she gets her revenge, and it's even worse. But then that's not even the plot of the movie. There's a murder, and this guy's trying to solve the murder, and it's just it's. It's it's a it's a it's a murder mystery that is just so over the top, like bizarre. Like there wasn't that much blood and violence in the movie, except okay. for that part. I'm going to try and look for the silver lining here. It was I, so good. I am so glad that you had a good time watching this movie. <laughs> I went with Claudia, and we just had uh, a fantastic you, time. You two have uh, mirrored taste in movies, and yeah. I'm well, very glad that the two of you. Movie. This is a big. I know you don't pay attention to this stuff, but this is a big popular book series. He wrote three of them. He was writing the fourth when he had a grabber. The, the who is this person who uh, wrote it? He's a Swedish gentleman. I can't remember his name. So popular, Sveig Larsson. popular to Swedish people. Uh, no, it's a it was it's sold. It's a multi million dollar seller here in America. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list. There was three of them that yeah, made but the so is Stephen Patterson. Well, you know, but well, don't let not attack Stephen Patterson. But I'm not attacking. <laughs> I'm just suggesting that his work is crap. No, this. Oh the, no, wait, that isn't attack. These are they're they're mysteries and they're. They're very compelling. They're excellent. Okay. And uh, the, I just, I loved it. But that's that's more of a garage manager thing. I'm very sensitive. Thing. That stuff really gets to oh, me. I no, you like wouldn't, it. It makes you me sad. Like you, with... you made me watch Devil's Rejects, and I'm like, never. Oh, I love Never that again. That movie was, that was, was, it was good, though. It was well put. And I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Rob Zombie's films. I like Rob Zombie. I think his films a lot of time are kind of schlock. But Devil's Rejects, I really enjoy. Again, trying to trying to be nice about this. I'm again, I'm delighted that you find so much to enjoy about it, and I'm I'm glad that there's something out there that you can identify as art. To me, that's hell on earth to have to watch it again. Amazingly well crafted. No, you you would you it's, would it is the antithesis it, of yeah. everything I want to have to have in my mind. Well, this is what I say. 
good art gets a reaction from you, and his and 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 Fincher's films get a reaction from you. Yeah. They may not be a happy reaction, but he gets a reaction. Good art is not always easy. Sometimes it's kind of hard to sit that. through. I just loathe feeling that way. Why would you want to? Exactly. Well, I mean, I have movies like that that I won't sit through either, but mostly they're the ones that are based on true. Like, I, I never actually saw all of Schindler's List. I could not watch the whole movie. I got through it. It's I not a movie I need to own. And it's I'll not a movie watch I need to watch it again. Yeah, and, and, uh, and there's a reason why I didn't even watch... What was the name of Gibson's movie about Christ? Oh, I've seen that plenty of times. I don't Passion need to watch Christ. I don't care who he is. I don't need to see anyone get nailed to a cross. I don't but need once to. Once again, the Charlie Church in me, I, I, went to, I was one of the people who flocked to that. I saw it like three times in the theater. Yeah, I was crying. I I can't was, even, it was amazing. I can't even call myself Christian. I can appreciate the story for what it is, but I don't need to see a man <laughs> tortured to death. It's not my thing. Yeah. No, it was. It is. It's. It's. It is. It's vicious. It's. 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 It's horrendous. But let's. I guess we should get back to the. Yeah, trailer. probably, huh? All right. So, so, so who likes Warhammer? <laughs> news and rumors. Uh, VC went up for pre-order um, just under four hours ago. Pretty exciting stuff. So we know the book is forty-one twenty-five. That's yep. uh, United States retail. Yep. Uh, <laughs> They've been doing that because they said it was going to go up on the seventh, and I guess in midnight in England is when it went up. Mm-hmm. So at six, literally right at six o'clock, I'm hitting on the U.S. feed. Just on my phone, it's like, boom, it wasn't there at 5.59, 6 o'clock, there. So let's talk about these models that they've showed. So there's a Vargeist, and what's the other kit you can make with that box set? Uh, the Crypt Horrors. Now, you've seen some of the rules a little bit, right? I mean, you've, you've uh, they're, they're releasing stuff? Um, well, someone has posted some of the things, and I read some of it. I don't have all of it in front of me, and obviously we'll be covering this in yeah. depth when we cover the whole book. Well, you're a VC player. What are your reactions to those things? I like them. They're, no, uh, no, Vargeist is like a, like a flying... Heavy infantry, right? Um, or, uh, monstrous infantry. It can fly. It's frenzied. It's undead and vampiric. So the Vargai, like a, it's basically a mini Vargulf. It's, a mini, there, it's like a unit it's of a mini cross Vargulfs. between a Vargulf and it looks more. It looks to me like a cross between the Strigoi mm-hmm. and a Vargulf. It's got that. Uh, okay. Okay. It's got the terror guy's face, the Vargulf, that, bat, that face, bat face, but it's got more of a human body and it's got it's got wings. And then they also have the I'm sorry, Var Var uh, the Vargeist and the Crypt Horrors, which are the ghouls, giant ghouls, ghouls fed on vampire blood. Uh, I don't know. They have Regen Five. That's awfully good. They are poisoned attacks. They're undead. They're basically um, the they're monstrous infantry. Uh, do you know if those are going to be specials or core? Do you have any idea? It doesn't say. Okay. Now what, movement six, weapon skill three, strength four, toughness five. They got three wounds and three attacks. Toughness 5, okay. So now we need to find out what your magic phase is like and how quickly you can replenish these guys. Uh, I'm trying to find out stuff about that, and they have all these little bits, but I can't see the cards on the page. Yeah. Although, if you look on the GW website, they've got their regular intro, and then they're, they're doing the Phil Kelly gets his little paragraph about each thing, if you're looking them up here. Yeah. And some of the stuff he's mentioning, it, it looks like, it looks like it's going to be tough. And you know what? I mean, we're going to cover a lot of this later. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are, these are just the, some of yeah. the first times that we've talked about it on the show. And, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no. So, well, if you're going to continue on about them, go ahead. No, I, I wasn't. I, so I was going to move on to the next item then, which is the Mortis engine crossed with what is the other? The Mortis engine and the um, uh, it the uh, Coven Throne. Yeah, it's about fifty-seven, fifty-eight bucks. Fifty-seven seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, basically, just like the other big Gribblies. Now, um, so this is on top of the Black Coach, which still exists. The Black Coach still exists. It's gone to fine cast. Good. And okay, I got a question. Everyone, how big is a chariot base? That's a fifty by one hundred, right? That's right. Okay, 
because uh, I know it comes. It doesn't come with a base actually then, under. And again, we shouldn't assume anymore because until recently, I assumed that all monstrous cavalry was you know fifty by fifty, and now of course it's fifty by one hundred for some. Right. Well, because I'm asking because it actually says because it comes with the two twenty-five by fifties for the cav, and there's no actual base. There's a picture of a base, but it doesn't come with one underneath the coach itself. And but it does come with a couple of cavalry bases for the cab. And if you look at the picture, it looks like it might even be bigger in the picture, the actual base, than a hundred by fifty. Well, they've been inventing new base sizes all the time, so there's no there's no reason to assume it's going to be something we're but familiar with. But if it keeps with. coming the way it, the way I bought mine when I bought mine before they announced that they were going to be redoing VC before uh-huh. the rumors were there, yeah, and there was no base for. The black coach. There was only the bases for the two horses, and you, um, that's why I was asking people like, "Oh, it just goes on a on a, it just goes on a uh, um, chariot base because it's considered a chariot." And I'm like, "But it doesn't fit." And so I'm just is it confused. bigger? If you put this thing on a chariot base, it's 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 longer. It doesn't quite fit on the base. Didn't maybe a sixty by one hundred, which is the same as I think. Well, one no, of those. I mean, no, you don't want it wider. You need it longer. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like a fifty by one twenty, almost is what it seems to be. Well, I, I, but I don't know. And they they should just make a damned single sized base for it, or just something. Uh, if you're going to include the bases for the horses, include a base for the coach, so that we all know, or or say yeah, what size it's, it needs it's, to be. It's that it's that same old argument, which is GW. You got to recognize that base size is important, so standardize it for us, so we know what to do. Or just just tell me. You don't. I mean, if you don't even include well, it's because it's an off size base, just tell when me. I, when yeah. I charge it, I need to know how many of my models are touching exactly. it. So, exactly. Yeah. But that's gone into fine cast. Um, so what about this mortise engine? What is it? Uh, now, from what I've read, and I don't have it in front of me, um, but if you take the mortise engine, basically it's a it's a part of a dead necromancer that still has a whole lot of power, mm-hmm. and it's in this little thing behind him, and you can tap into that power. It's got all sorts of bizarre stuff. You roll the beginning of the turn. I read something about you roll 2d6 and add that to the turn number, and for that many inches around it, all enemy units take D6, strength, three hits. Is that a bounce bell? No, it's just you do that in the beginning of the turn. So if it's, it's destroyed... Kind of like, kind it, of like my cauldron, except it's negative for everyone else. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, if you, if it's destroyed, it does that. You roll it again, and it does that for all units, friendly and enemy. Well, then it better be resilient. Yeah. There's an upgrade you can take that uh, gives you plus two to casting to the guy on it. Um, okay. But if he miscasts, you roll twice, and your opponent gets to choose which of the two miscasts affect you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're going to hear that later. I know, which is weird when you mentioned that to me when we were talking about the, what's coming up later in the show. I was like, that's bizarre. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That, that's exactly what I wrote down. Exactly. I, invent, I thought I invented that as a rule for an army later. And the Coven Throne has this bizarre other rule where... Anyone that's going to fight it, you have to roll uh, D6, its leadership against yours or something like that. Is it a war machine? Um, what are these things? Chariots? It's something that they ride. It's, let's see. Coven Throne is basically a, pa- a, a grizzly palanquin for the Queens of Undeath. It's a, so the it's most like, impressive and macabre chariot. So it's like a banshee wagon? Always strikes first. Always strikes first. Large target. 2D6 random attacks. Strength three. Spectral steeds. I got a rock. 
an ethereal rock. Undead, vampiric, four-up ward save. That's the Battle of the Wills, and then there's something called Scrying Pool, which I don't know exactly what that is. Huh. Uh, the Mortis Engine, large target, random attacks, 2d6, regen, spectral seize, terror, Banshee Swarm. Oh, it's got a Banshee Swarm. So basically, the Banshee Swarm, it's got the bans- It's got the Howl. So and it's, got it's a way to include more shooting attacks in the Undead? Possibly? It's well. It's got that banshee scream, from what but I understand, like an yeah. eight inch, and it's got yeah. three attacks from the banshees itself because it's being carried on spectral steeds and ghosts. The ghosts are actually carrying this. That's what I really love about it. That all that ethereal stuff is just is carrying this tomb thing, or else this it, that it's being carried out by the spirits that are bound to it, to to you know being forced to to carry this guy out to battle. Well, I got to say, I'm glad that they're releasing all this stuff. They, if they hadn't announced this when they did, I was about ready to write off the VC until like February. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're finally doing this. Now, was there anything else that they announced? I know that they had a new Krell. Krell uh, is going to be out. Uh, Heinrich Kemmler. That's a that's a throwback to old times. Krell is a he was a Chaos Lord who was risen from the dead. Right. And uh, yeah. And so the, the Heinrich Kemmler is the old sculpt apparently, mm-hmm. but the that, Krell is a new wrong one. Nothing with it. Uh, Heinrich is always a good sculpt. The uh, Krell is new. The is White it? King. That oh, looks sharp. You know what that looks like to me? Thirteen bucks, and I'm totally getting one of these. It looks a little bit like they had taken a page from the Lord of the Rings, except made it the right scale for Warhammer. And I really one of those undead yeah. kings. Yes, yeah, I yes. really like that a model. That's really high quality. No, the new the, Isabella is sharp. The new Isabella is sharp. Um, I suppose that might mean, of course, new rules for her. I hope so because I didn't like the rules for the old one. Yeah, I know. Um, she's pretty simple. Um, I don't see anything about Vlad or well. Now I don't know if Vlad's already gone to fine cast. Manfred already's gone to fine cast. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming if they're going to change him to fine cast, they're still going. He's still going to be in the book. But those old models are just. Fine, and if though. Isabella's in the book, you know Vlad's going to be in the book. Unless he was killed, they never. You never know. Sometimes oh, they true. change the story. Like for the Empire, it used to be that uh, there was a fire mage who was in charge, and now it's a metal mage in charge. So, yeah. might, who knows? Maybe they'll change now, it around. It says now. Here was something I thought interesting as I was reading this. Uh, Phil Kelly commenting on the Black Knights, and the funny thing is, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be like three, four days before the book comes out. Yeah. So, what you guys are hearing, if you're listening to this after the book comes out, I might be talking on my backside. But um, the Black Knights. Um, you know, two up save, toughness for immunity to panic, with high strength attacks and killing blow. You uh, blah blah. Unlike their mortal equivalents, Black Knights can be resurrected with a pulse of dark magic. Even the signature spell from the Lore of the Vampires can see up to five of these get back in the saddle should they fall. So the signature spell is going to be a raised dead spell, apparently, uh, and they're not vampires, so you don't have to only raise one. But I thought before, and I could be dead wrong because I don't raise too much calf, but I thought you were limited to how much calf you could raise. But it looks like they're changing it. depends it to, on the spell in the Vampire Counts book. Yeah, now it's going to be a little different. Now, the Hex Wraiths um, look kind of scary, and there's been a lot of talk about this. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about that, but uh, they're 5 to 10. And now Phil Kelly actually said they cost a packet of points each, so there's no getting away from the fact that many enemy units simply can't hurt them because they're ethereal. Um, so they're going to be spell magnets. In return, yeah, that's just in return, the flaming spirit size of these Reaper Knights count as magical and allow no armor saves. They're they're flicking, being ethereal, it says they're flicking back and forth between the real world and the spirit world. Mm-hmm. It, they can move through you. Really? Yes. Better yet, they can ride straight through enemy units, making scything attacks as they go through. So they pass through a unit. And they do they they can do a strength five hit 
to the stuff they pass through. So it's a sort of a drive-by attack. Yep. Or a drive-through attack. Well, I mean, you've seen that with other cre- the screamers that fly over you and stuff. Well, it's not common, but yeah, I've seen it before. Yeah, uh, the, the demons can do it, and now they've got something that just goes through you. Would-be masters of the ethereal should watch out for enemy spells, though. A single magic missile can see these guys go up in a smoke with little more than an anguished wail. And they really aren't, I mean, they're not as tough as the black... Knights, they're strength three, toughness three, weapon skill three, one attack, two initiative, leadership five. Um, they're, well, they're they're a gamble unit. I mean, yeah. when you take ethereal, you're kind of throwing away all your other normal sorts of defense for you can't hurt me at all unless. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I'm even weapon skill with the skeletal steeds. Steeds have a weapon skill of two. I don't know if that went down or not, but the steeds usually have a two. Yeah, at least the ones in the tomb king still. Okay, do. yeah, uh, they're ethereal, fast cav, soul reapers, soul striders, spectral hunters, terror, and undead. So terror. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. I don't know what it means though. No, well, me neither. And I'm kind of looking forward to finding out. Yeah, what's this undead you speak of? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Any, so anything else? So we've got two new types of uh, night. Well, two new night models. Yes. Uh, the necro engine craziness. You've got uh, new new individual character sculpts. You've got uh, two monstrous infantry. Uh huh. All kinds of goodies. Yeah. There's just. I mean, it looks like uh, new spells and a new book. Yeah. I, I can't. Uh, I can't wait. What I'm no, so excited no, for no next infantry, week. though, right? The skeletons are going to stay the same. I don't even see them listed here, available for pre-order. Oh, oh, wait! In the fine cast, let's run through real quick. The necromancers, the nice as you put it up, the uh, oh, the stone temple pirate side burns yeah, one. Yeah. The big beard, pointy hat one. The uh, knot of hair, smiley one. The spirit hosts have gone to fine cast. Haven't changed the sculpts. Sweet God. Okay, really? Sweet cup and cakes. The Vampire Count Spirit Host. Grin, grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Ooh. I'm a um, sheet. Let's see. It comes in three components and a supplied. Okay, so it's. Uh, I, it's Dr. Byronophius, command you. It's, it's 140 mil base with the three ghosts yeah, they're for awful. 18 bucks. They're just so awful. Um, I, I love mine, uh, but I took they're the. They're about as scary as Casper. I know. I took the. Uh, That's Lord of the, the Rings. friendly ghost for you kids <laughs> out there. I took the Lord of the Rings, the Armies of the Undead. Yeah, those look so much better. Uh, I was just going to do random other models, but these already have the ghost faces and the chopped up, uh, you know, the, the frayed ends of their of their cloaks and stuff. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Vampire Lord on Abyssal Terror is on is back for forty nine fifty. The White King Standard Bearer with the punched in face. Is the Abyssal Terror is the one that almost looks like it has like. Sort of like a Triceratops thing, right? I've yep. never, kind of a strange-looking monster. I've never yeah. seen anyone field it. Uh, nor have I, my friend. Nor have I. Yeah, the old White King BSB with the punched-in uh, oh, the, the Johnny head. Pan face. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Pan face. Well, he looks like he looks like Tom when you take a frying pan and slam him in the face. you got that flat face with a missing tooth. By Tom, you mean Tom and Jerry the yes. cat? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, speak, I, I speak your language. I actually have the Forge World White King BSB, and I have the... The amazingly awesome um, Bane Legion's uh, White King uh, standard bear. Or, so one of them is going to be converted to uh, BSB on a horse. There we go. Depending on whose legs are more easily converted. Whichever one has a, a, a worse set of legs. Uh, no, actually, whichever one. I know one of them seems to have the the male armor that's like the skirt of male that comes down to his knees. Yeah. And the other one has a pair of legs. Oh, there you go. It's guy with easy... pair of legs is You're... going on a horse. <laughs> You're getting mounted, pal. <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds like the girl with the dragon tattoo. Stop it. Uh. Stop it, you. 
<laughs> and with that, I think that's it for news and rumors. Any other rumors that you can think of? Uh, nothing really. Um, I do like this Von Karstein upgrade pack, though. Oh, we've got some dimension. Uh, Forge World. It looks like they're making Femir or Femir, F-I-M-I-R. How do you pronounce it? I, I thought it was Femir. But Femir, I think that must be um, right. So know, they're making Femir. Who knew? Okay, but everyone keeps posting that up. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on our Garage Hammer page. I've seen it yep. on the Garage Hammer yep. forums. Uh, did you see it on the actual yes. Forge World site? Yes, but not as that image. I don't know where that image came from, but I can confirm okay, that at least I didn't a portion of that image is on uh, Forge World. Okay, I did not see it at Forge World, so that's why I they, was confused. They posted a series of images in uh, Jigsaw Puzzle format where it's like here's a spot of this here's a spot of that and boom the next thing you know someone assembled it and it is in fact Vermeer so I must assume that that's going to be in the Monstrous Arcana book yes that must be so exciting for those people who have collected those armies um, I'm uh, I'm excited. That's really cool. Someone on uh, the on Twitter stomped. I don't know the person's name, his real name. It's S T O M M E D on Twitter, and I apologize. I can't, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but I had posted that I had you know or he had listened to the episode, and I guess he went over into uh, Warhammer World, yeah, and went over to Forge World and asked him about the book. Which one? The Monstrous Arcana. Yeah. Storm of Magic. He, the guy told him it's a supplement for Storm of Magic. It's all the Forge World monsters with yeah. the Storm of Magic stuff. Oh, right. okay. Now that's just what I was told by one person, and I, I, I'm not I'm not sitting here to be like wah wah wah. But no, I no, just figured yeah. I'd let you know now before you try to order it up because I'm going to get it. But I figured I'm probably uh, of the two of us, I'll be the only one who needs it. So yeah, might yeah. as well you could just look at mine. Disappointing. Okay. <laughs> just you know, uh, yeah. But that's what they told me. Um, speaking of Twitter, I wanted to just mention. Two quick things here. Mm-hmm. Um, one about the VC, it kind of, and one, um, it was so funny. I was reading Twitter, and Relian had posted that he listened to our last episode, episode 39. Yeah. Catching up on podcasts and hearing my name mentioned always makes me feel internet famous. Thanks, Garage Hammer. Hey, whatever we can do to make your life better, Relian. And that was from Relian, and then Son of Fang, Greg Dan. Then again, Relian goes, does enough on his own. He's on a lot of podcasts. Yeah, no kidding. And then he's like, uh, Greg puts back, I know the feeling, but that's after the first few seconds it takes you to realize it was my name. And then really responds, I won't lie. I went back 30 seconds and listened again because you iPhone, you can click <laughs> back to 30 seconds. And so then I respond to them, well, I'll mention it on the show so you guys can feel even better next episode. So I'm mentioning it. Ego is stroking good time here on Garage Hammer. But listen, I, I wanted to bring up something about the VC because um, I feel like th- th- we need to turn the lights down and have a little piano music in the uh, background. You know, I, as, I, as I'm perusing the forums, the various forums, not just our own, you know, I was looking at the Warhammer forum and, the, you know, the IWFB and stuff like that. And I know it happens every book yeah uh i didn't hear it as much i think with ogres um i heard they only had one book before and it sucked so i mean there wasn't gonna be a lot of complaining but well no they were still complaining and i hate them you know some people love the model some people hate the model some people love the rules some people hate the rules i don't know where you're gonna hold i don't know where you're gonna go with this so um you know and then you get some people i'm just i just i always try to be positive like i was really upset when i found this is the first time that you have an army that you're actively playing that they're going to hit the restart button you're experiencing it for the first time well yeah and but we've talked about this even on the show before and i have really gotten into this sort of a zen mode where i just i have literally well you got no control over it i've divorced myself from the old book you have to and i have because i just i know this new book's going to be completely different it's going to be a complete reboot and if I'm going to sit and worry about every little change, you know, then I'm going to freak out. But what I'm talking about is not just the change. Is I just 
And it happened when the ogres came out, when they started getting the big monsters and things like that. But no one's going to complain. Or no one should complain because the old ogres were... There was a lot of complaints on, on the forums. This isn't... Yeah, but I mean, why this read This doesn't the, fit to but, the... And I guess that's what it is, though. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people saying... Oh, they suck now. These guys suck, and I'm just like, and it's no one in particular. But I mean, that's that's a 15 year old argument. At that point, you just have to, okay, you know, get your get your say out there, and you know, have your 15 minutes of fame. Exactly, and I guess that's with the internet. But and I guess, and I'm I'm already hearing you know power creep from in the books. And um, well, here's here's my thing. Well, you can't call it a trend because it's one book. Well, and that's and that's what I'm saying. And I guess uh, this is what I was going to ask you is. I don't think that the orcs were a power creep. I think it changed the army, but it didn't necessarily make them uber-powered. And obviously, Chris, you, and Grand Fetter don't think that the Tomb Kings are right. But the og- Okay, the Ogre book was more powerful than the book before. Does that make power creep? or is po- This is what I was going to ask your opinion. A trend doesn't occur until you have more than one occurrence. It's not a pattern. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. and the, But I guess my question is, is it power creep if the book is better than the last book? Or is it a power creep if it's the new best army? Uh, because, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it is it power creep if suddenly vampire counts start winning all tournaments? Is that power creep? Or is it power creep if it's better than before? Because I think this book's going to be completely different. And As if, it should be. And I mean, it needs a facelift. It needs an eighth edition And if it's balanced, job. if it's balanced for strong, weak, or otherwise, at least it's balanced, you know? At least if you're going to have an... an if you're going to put an argument out there that's saying that there's a power creep, wait till the book comes out so your argument is valid. Otherwise, because uh, and I'm you, not and I'm not picking on anybody. And I've had I've I've gone back and forth with people on Twitter and on forums, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody. And I'm not naming names. I'm just I guess my point is, VC and Seventh Ed were one of the top two armies, and I think everyone was agreed they were one of the top two, like them and top, demons top. Yeah, okay, I they, mean, they were they were the top well, army in the seventh. They were fighting with demons for the top spot, and it just depends on. And now they're not at the top. But, but they're, they're still very but good. But this is the first book. I mean, I think we all agreed that Tomb Kings and Ogres were in the bottom tier in, in Seventh Ed. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, Orcs yeah. and Goblins were in the low middle at best. I mean, they were fun and people played them, but they weren't winning a lot of stuff. Well, I think that was it. Seventh edition drew lines in the sand, and you could tell what was bottom, what was middle, and what was top. Mm-hmm. And in Eighth edition, that's what I like about it so much, is that most of the armies are somewhere muddy in the middle with right. only a few that are floating, obviously, to the top. But with a book... Like vampire counts that was already so powerful, balancing it for eighth edition, it's. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to be a pretty powerful book. My my issue, my only issue with the VC in eighth edition was it felt like they had one or two builds that were very hard to beat and weren't, you know, very very hard to beat. Yeah. If you if you face this one build, you're probably going to lose. There was the list. There was a there was a list that was a killer. It had about and, two or three variations, but that was yeah. the list. And then you had a whole bunch of other lists that didn't work at all. So either way, you were going to have a one-sided game. And yep, and neither exactly. and neither way sounds like much fun for a guy like me who likes a close game. Exactly, because uh when I would play it, even when I would play it, I would have elements of the hard list and I would do things that other people said, "Why would you take that? Just change it to this and you'll have the list." And I purposely was taking, you know, I took some things because I wanted to win, but I was trying to find variations. Yeah. Oh, you do the same thing I do, which is, look, I'd like to build my own list. You know, that's exactly. the fun of it is designing it yourself rather than just steal someone else's idea. Right. Uh, just like I said, I'm and I'm just, I, I guess every time a book comes out, there's going to be people who love it and people who are going to hate it, but it just, it hasn't even come out yet. And so, many, I mean, I'm literally seeing, I've, I've seen just posts that say the new VC are crap. 
This new mortise engine is stupid. It's got too many parts. There's too much going on. It's too good looking. It's too good looking? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's, a, that's a strange argument. At that point, yeah. it's like, well, Which, by the way, then get out. You, you know what you should do if you hate it? Sell all of your models and don't ever play again. Well, don't. That's what you know. you, well, no, I don't actually think they should. No, just, I don't either. But if like, you're going to be if, that extreme, then if you're going to if you're going to hate everything, then why are you here? Why are you following the forum? Why are you buying models? Why are you playing the game? It's like okay, yeah. stop complaining so much. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that. And by the way, the pictures that they leaked that we all saw last week that we oh those are pretty cool. The, the, now, the VC stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, once we go back upstairs, if the computer's working right, after I did the complete reboot on it, hmm. we'll go to the site and look at the 360-degree spin on those two models. They no, they're nice. They're nice. looking. They well, are gorgeous. This is one of the few cases where I've... Uh, it's going to be monstrous huge. One of the few cases recently where I've taken a look at one of their new models and said, that looks good even from the photograph. Because have you noticed there's this odd trend where they don't photograph well? How many times? Yeah, we've yeah. been talking about that yeah. since the uh, since the pictures of the Hell Pit came yeah. out. Yeah, well, it, I think the trend started with the new Minotaurs, although I never liked them. Well, no, they, they they looked bad because they're bad. They're bad, yeah. But although, the Hell Pit I kind of like, and the, but the, paintings, the painting on it looked awful. The uh, Hell Pit I didn't like as much, but it, I've been back and forth. I, I love... Savage Orcs. Savage Orcs I like now. I've seen Chris use, and they look wonderful. Uh, the painted ones we saw in those pictures, though, looked stupid. Yeah, it was a bad paint job. Yeah. They accentuate the angular muscle. Yeah, I mean, it looked like they had bricks for, for pecs. Yeah. I mean, it was just squared off and weird. Well, let's let's bring it back to your point. So so you're just... I guess I just... I want to be like... See, yeah. this is why I don't read the forums as much, because it's like, uh, are you just bitching to bitch? Look, look forward to this. My, my opinion is Warhammer is a bit like, and you may not like this analogy... You're familiar with collectible card games. Yes. They're living games, meaning that the game itself will die if new product does not come out. Warhammer is a living game. If you exactly. don't have new product... It's going to get stale. This game will stagnate, and it, new products are required. This is a game of constant investment, like a massively multiplayer game. You're going to pay a little bit yep. all the time. If you don't feel like spending the money, you're probably going to want to get out eventually. Right, you know, but like I said, I just I, I I've already heard so much, and it was like I saw a lot of it starting with when they started first showing the ogres on the big monsters, and it's like oh another big monster check another silly this check, you know monster hammer check, and it's like dude, would you either play the game or or move aside and let me play against someone who's not going to tell me how much this game sucks because I'm just you know I just like, and I know I'm a fanboy, I know I am. I'm not, I don't make, I don't I don't try well, to hide it. Well, you are a fanboy, but I mean, so what? Yeah, but it's just like, but I don't think that. that yeah, but that's I don't think maybe that's, that's good and bad. I don't, I don't know. think that makes my argument any less valid. It's just like you know, it hasn't even come out yet. I mean, you know, I'm not, but at yeah. the same time, in fact, I'm anything but a fanboy. I I have love hate with them, but uh, <laughs> but the bottom line is, I'm here doing this show about this game. Yeah, but I'm saying it hasn't even come out yet. So you know, give me a break. <laughs> just <laughs> let's see how it does before we say that. It's it's broken or it's bad or it's well, this or it's that. We'll, we'll find out in two weeks. If I'm on the microphone in two weeks, going, "Oh my God, it's the new filth!" You know, then yeah, maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's a problem. But I'm just waiting to see when my dwarfs come out and hear how much how bad that's going to be. It's these guys are just they're hot. They're they're already called the hobby ruiner army. Dwarfs are a consistent army. I, I if I were you, if there's one army I'd be worried about is when the new dwarf army book comes out because they're good now. Yeah, and I can't wait for it because that's my first army, and yeah. I'm still painting them. When I'm not painting this, that's when I take breaks to paint. But, I mean, if you're going to break out in a cold sweat, a sweat over change, it's when that book comes out. Because if I was a dwarf player, I wouldn't want it. 
Don't touch them. They're perfect. Don't touch them. Well, they're em. not perfect, but... They're not perfect, but they're... Well, here's the thing. Damned good. I'm hoping... That's, let's not worry about that, because yeah. dwarves are not predicted to come out for at least another 6 to 12 months. Well, so. let's, let's hope for 2012 for the dwarves. Uh, I'm hoping. Yep. I'm hoping. So, I guess that's all my ranting and raving. Why don't we take a break? Sounds good. We'll be right back, guys. If a game is only as good as the person who plays it, then the best games can be found at Unique Gifts and Games. Collectible and classic card games, board games, RPGs, tabletop miniatures, hobby tools, and more all found within. And so is an amazing community of fellow gamers, as well as dedicated gaming tables, terrain, and a library of open games to try. It's also your source for Unseen Lurker, the independent tabletop wargaming magazine. Stop by for Warhammer Fantasy Mondays, 40K Tuesdays, and War Machine Wednesdays. Demos and tournaments are alive and well at UGG. Check their website at uniqueugg.com for their calendar of events or call 847-548-8270. Don't forget about the rewards program, their convenient location in downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, and their friendly staff. Unique gifts and games. Great gamers mean great gaming. And it's time for, for the garage manager section. Brought to you by Gasworks Superstore. Gasworks Superstore. Gasworks Superstore. Gasworks Superstore. I thought you were going to do a commercial. In fact, you promised you were going to do a commercial. I did, and I uh, recorded the first part of it, but I still haven't talked to Andrew to get what he wants me to say in the new commercial. It's with the holidays; we've both been busy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I'm going to lay in right here the track that I've been working on. So hopefully, you'll this will be the beginning of the new commercial right here. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Hey, Chris, did you know Chaos Orc has a wide range of products, including chess, dice, Vallejo paints, and assorted boarded miniature-based games? I may have read that somewhere. Go on. Did you know they not only stock the current GW releases, but keep a large selection of out-of-print and classic models on hand for the collector? I was completely in the dark about that. Did you know that they're expanding to include other game systems now on their site? I heard of it in a dream. Tell me more. The majority of these items are new in the blister in the box, but a few are loose or painted. Huzzah! They're always clearly labeled and shown with photos, so what you see... Is what you get. That's very good. Everything is on stock, so they almost always ship within 24 hours. And I got a couple more tweets from a couple other people outside. I believe they're outside of the States, but some are inside, saying that they ordered from Casswork. They got a great discount, and they were 110. It literally tweeted, I was 110% satisfied. They did a great job. They're great sponsors. I love Casswork. We're lucky to have them as a sponsor. Casswork, keep it up, man. You're awesome. Yeah. Kapow! All right. All right. Modeling, uh, gaming, and reading. Christopher, have you done any modeling? Yeah, actually, I've done a little bit of modeling. Now, All right. Um, I needed a break from, from the Dark Elves. And since I got that huge, wonderful gift, thank you again from everybody, from the Chaos Dwarves, I had to get my hands on them. I had to do something with them. So I, I killed s- them? So, so I killed them. <laughs> <laughs> I got my hands around their throats. How much for your wife? No, I I, uh, I started working on the, the magma cannon. I started working on the, uh, the, the fire glaives. And I started uh, playing with the Dreadquake Mortar. Now, I will say, as nice as those models are, holy jeebus, my mold lines. Mold lines. Uh, the cleaning, I have spent hours just slowly going over everything with 
a modeling knife and files. So in a hospital mask. In a hospital mask. No, I just go <gasps> and breathe it all in. You keep claiming that, but I want to actually see that happen. Until it happens, I believe you're in a hospital mask. Well, all right. <laughs> and little latex gloves for it to be sterile. I'm telling you. Well, the models are wonderful. They're really, really, really sharp. Now they're. Watch for mold lines. If you're gonna get if you're gonna get <laughs> yep. Warhammer Forge stuff, I will tell you that as nice as they look, every once in a while you're gonna have an issue with mold lines. Uh, and I understand that they're really good natured about swapping out parts in case you have something that's really off. But I've been working primarily on yeah those two more machines and the fire glaives. Uh-huh. Even the fire glaives, the least amount of parts. Each little chaos dwarf is at least five parts. Body, head, forearm, hand. Oh, they, yeah. I mean, they're complex. There's a lot to them. So there's a lot of cleanup on all those little parts. So I can't say I've gotten very far into it, but I have discovered that on the Dreadquake mortar, that's the one that looks like a train car, you know, with the cannon on top of it. And you'll notice if you look at the pictures that there are these gears, they turn. No way. Way. So when you are done assembling and modeling and gluing, you can spin the the cannon. Now, as far as I can tell, it does not go up or down it doesn't you know you can't raise or lower the cannon so it's going to be fixed to but position you can turn it left to right you can turn the cannon and the gears will spin oh that is kind of badass it's really badass so i got to say oh man supremely happy with how it's turning out so far and the uh, oh having david having a little uh, microphone kicking the microphone, Ma- microphone stand. checker microphone stand found it microphone kicker so the the Fire glaives are really intimidating. They're almost like these faceless masks, and they look really cool. Yeah. But the crew for the for the war machines, they're fun because they look like the new version with the horns, and they're sort of bestial with the big you know tusks and everything else, and they look more right. photorealistic. But you can see those just a little glimmer of the old uh, fourth edition cast dwarves. Some with the uh, the pointed hats, some with the squat hats, just a little bit, just enough <laughs> where you remember where they came from, but they're not as cartoonish. So, cool. Warhammer Forge has really done well. I'm glad you enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, as far as gaming, I did play a game that we'll go into in a little bit. I sure. played I played one game so far of the new Chaos Dwarves uh, against. How did that work out for you? I mean, did you enjoy it? Oh, I had a great time. You want me to just finish it real fast? Yeah, if you want to, if you want to cover it, I'll spin through it real fast. I'll say I, it, was, it was a loss. I played against Chris Yu, and I played against his orcs and goblins. Uh, I built. Let's see, I've got my list right here. I'll just spit it out really fast. Here we go. So I took three characters. I took five units and two war machines. Uh, the okay. sorcerer prophet's a level four, and I wanted to use the lore of Hashut to try it out. Okay. The infernal Castellan. That's my that's my hero with the battle standard. Right. And then the demon smith sorcerer. He's level one. Uh-huh. Uh, level one because in that particular case he's kind of playing the part of my engineer. Oh, okay. So he's going to be re-rolling my artillery stuff. I actually never cast a spell with him because I was afraid he'd blow up. <laughs> uh, five units, including two units of twenty infernal guard, uh, hand weapons for one, great weapons for the other. Eight bull centaurs, uh, four of the Kadai fireborn. No, I did not yet try the Kadai destroyer, which I understand is the new internet cheatiness. Oh, is it? Uh, supposedly, but I. I, you know, I sort of instinctively avoid taking the things that cause the most arguments. So, <laughs> uh, five of the Wolf Raiders, because I wanted some expendables. And then the I have to take the Dreadquake, because I love it so. Oh, yes. And then the Death Streaker, because it's only 100 points. Now, in a nutshell, uh, I lost the game. I lost the game, first of all, in the deployment phase, because you know how Chris Yu plays. Oh, yeah. Homeboy had, like, geez, uh, two... 
two chariots, two manglers, two pump wagons, uh, three horde units, and then like two characters and two war machines. Yeah. No, so, he's got three monstrous hordes. He's got yeah, uh, black he, orcs, uh, savage orcs. And then the other one is the squig herders. Oh, he's going with squig herders That's now for instead this of the night goblins. He, yeah. He took away the night goblins and he put in squig herders. Yeah, and then you get two manglers, two chariots, two units of five like wolf riders. I mean, there's just like six or seven deployments that are like no more than 65, 70 points tops. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Now, my problem with this particular game is I wanted to rush across the board. So I couldn't because of all this expendable grenade deployment. So I ended up having to sort of pull back and hope that what little shooting I had mostly my artillery and my magic, right. would start to do some damage. <laughs> so on turn one, I cast like that level six Hashut spell, like the boom, the, right. uh, the big template, killed one mangler, no sweat. It's like, nice. okay, good start. We're looking good, you know. Uh, my, um, was it that? The problem was with the theme of this artillery was direct hit, roll a one to wound. Did that like three times. Okay. You do that three times, the mangler's going to hit you, and that's what it did. So did the pump wagon, so did the other thing. And, you know, just I couldn't kill anything because I kept rolling one to wound. Mm-hmm. That end, Chris did beat me in the deployment phase by having all these things. Right. So what ended up happening was the same thing I, I encounter a lot with my old Chaos Dwarf lists. Individual units that are absolute butchers, but when they get singled out by, uh, by so many problems, so uh-huh. many expendables combined with horde units... Even my uh, bull centaurs, eight of them, chewed through about half of his unit of like 40-some-odd black orcs. You nice. Know, eight bull centaurs were chewing through them, but eventually I started to get ground down, you know, because... I, there's I just, only eight. Eventually there's only eight. they're going to hit you and you're going to fail some saves. Yeah, and I couldn't get anything else in there, so yep. it's like, oh, okay. And uh, Lord of Hashut's awesome. The one spell that locks him into place with that ash storm, that's worth its weight in gold. That's an amazing spell. Cool. Uh, I ended up losing by about 500 points. I'm not disappointed with the result. I liked playing them. I love Lore of Hashut. It's very, very, very powerful. But I need to tweak this, and I need to find a way to get more deployments on the table. So I liked playing it. I understand that, uh, and Chris is always a a brilliant opponent. He's very smart, and he's also a lot of fun to play. So takeaway from this also is those Kadai, those Fireborn. Yeah. Very powerful. Only four of them. Um and they did about as much damage as the bull centaurs, but they will die. Yeah. They they will kill themselves. Oh, that's right, because they got that. Yeah, they, they eventually they start burning up. They start taking toughness tests, and they kill themselves. But they did a stupid amount of damage. I mean, just by touching other things, it's like they just, a whole bunch of squigs just went up in smoke. <laughs> but a lot of fun to play. And the ability to re-roll uh, my artillery is so refreshing for Chaos Dwarves. But naturally, the one time I took a gamble and said, okay, okay, I need to make this hit because I was getting desperate. So I re-rolled something that wasn't a misfire to try and get a hit. Right. Did and rolled a one to wound. Uh. And then immediately the Death Shrieker did misfire, and then it, it blew up. Oh, man. So it's like, oh, okay, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> one of those games. So... Frustrated with the bad dice rolls, happy with the result otherwise, and loved to play Chris, and it was fun to play the first game of Cast Wars. Cool. I will have to try the Chidi, uh, the Kadai Super Destroyer sometime. Nice. Well, the problem with that one is it's it's minus one to wound uh, it, mm-hmm. and um, unless it's a magic attack, and its toughness is like six. So unless you've got like a strength four, remember the rules how, like, Basically, the rules inc- mean that you can't wound it. If you have strength three, you can't wound this thing. Oh, that's right. So, oh, that's right. The new internet. G- okay. So it's it's that sort of lore of fire thing, you know. Mm. It's very cheaty. Did but, you uh, uh, reading? 
Not not too much. Uh, d- tweaking lists in addition to um, in, a, in addition to now I need to. I, I've written two lists for the chaos dwarves, but one is kind of silly, and I don't know. I don't know how good it is. I wanted to take <laughs> advantage of of those blunderbusses. Okay. You know how like there's this rule that if you have twenty or more firing, you get to reroll wounds too. Right. I, right, right, I just right. wanted to design a list where okay, what is it going to take to include that? Basically, there's like six deployments in the entire army, and it's this big block of blunderbusses, and it's a stupid list. It could do well against bottom feeders. Oh, okay. Like, I could rule the bottom tables in a tournament, and then get my ass kicked by anyone who tries a little harder. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, no, that's not good. I'd get my ass kicked by, you know, normal players. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just totally... I heard the wrong thing. That's all right. <laughs> I totally misheard you. Oh, goodness. That's all right. Uh, but uh, other than that, I've also been... A while ago, I got this great gift of a whole bunch of Tomb Kings. Oh, right. I'm dying to make use of them. I mean, I can only put together so many models at a time, uh-huh. but I haven't forgotten them. So I've been starting to tweak Tomb Kings, too, and I want to start building that list to try and eventually get them on the table as well. Cool. I even took some of that uh, store credit that you guys were so nice to give me, and I did go out. Uh, in addition to buying the Orcs and Goblins book, now that I finally have it, I also picked up some uh, Necronites. Oh, nice. Or the box set. I can, it can be either one. But right. I, I like those models. I'm not building Sepulchral Stalkers. I'm building Necronites. Because I, I want to try and win. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, other than that, that's about it for my modeling, gaming, and reading. Um, no Warhammer-related reading, but I, I rarely do. Right. So, and uh, no, no, that's about it. How about you? I got a bunch, but I actually left something I need upstairs. Let's just hit another quick break here and uh, come right back. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'll place them here. And wait, what are those again? 20 executioners. Okay, well, then I'll place this. What the hell is that? It's a Chaos War Shrine. No, it isn't. It's a half a corpse cart and an unattached horse. Look, I know it's a half a corpse. I'm trying to make this conversion, and I'm not any good at it. So this is all I've got right now. You know, you ought to let Urza's Den have a crack at it. You think so? Yeah, it's what Urza's Den does. Custom painting, sculpting, and conversions. And you know, Brian does amazing work. He's not going to want to do some single model conversion. It's just too small of a job for him to bother with. No way. Check out Urza'sDen.com and look at his work. Brian specializes in unique sculpts like this. You should go to Urza'sDen.com and let him know what you have and what you want. He'll get back to you, and once you're both happy with the plan, he'll get that war shrine looking just how you want it. He can even paint it for you. Oh, that would make my life a lot easier. Yeah? And then you can focus on painting all these Chosen so I don't have to sit here looking at a ton of black primer. Okay, let's not go crazy now. You know how long it takes me to get stuff painted. Well, let Brian do that, too. It's what he does. He's a pro. Your models will be beautiful, and it won't break your budget. That's a good idea. I know. I know. So go to ursusden.com and send him a message and get the ball rolling. Yeah, and then I'll have time to start building all the New York and Goblin models. Ugh, for God's sake. All right, all right, all right. Well, 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 we are back. And here perhaps we are. better than ever. Perhaps. But or, per- or not. You never know. Or we're just here. All right, Molly, so gaming reading. your turn. Uh, we'll start with reading, because then I don't have stuff to pull out and show you. Uh, reading, I've done a lot, because over break, I spent many days at my in-laws and my parents' house when other people were out shopping and doing things. So, so what did you read? I read uh, Ghost Story, the 13th book in the Dresden Files series from Jim Butcher. Uh, Harry Dresden is a wizard. It's sort of one of those fantasy... It's like re- It takes place in Chicago in yeah, I've modern heard, times. Yeah, have talked about it before. And, and folks, I know a few people have said, Oh, Dave, you turned me on H.P. Lovecraft and I like it. If you like sort of a 
like modern horror, but not like a world of darkness, but just like there are beasties and ghosts and things in the world and people who fight them. You could do a lot worse than Harry Dresden. This 13th book was amazing. It's so good. They just keep getting better. They go from better to better. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen after the 12th book. It sort of left you hanging there going, oh, what? what? And I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it yet who's in the series, but I just stopped. And it was like, <gasps> and now the 13th book, it was like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, you think after about 12 books, the series starts to get stale. And some of the, you know, especially... You know, he's a detective, so he's got this sort of Philip Marlowe kind of talking to the audience directly. You know, he's narrating his own stories. But Jim Butcher has a sense of, like, Joss Whedon when he writes dialogue. Um, this is a guy who quotes a lot of movies. You know, he calls his apprentice young grasshopper or young Padawan. It's that sort of stuff where, like I said, it's like Joss Whedon type stuff. You know, like when we watched Firefly, the movie Joss Firefly. Joss is the guy who wrote it? Yeah. Okay. Joss Whedon writes and directs. He wrote and directs He's the guy who's Buffy like, the vampire all this Slayer. dialogue is a mile a minute, right? Yeah. Okay. Very snappy type stuff. Um you could do a lot worse than giving this book series a try. The first book, obviously, is building character, so it's a little slow. But after that, it just picks up. The second one's army building. After Well, seriously, after 12 books, you're like, okay. I mean, every book, you're meeting a new, bigger, badder guy. How eventually, what is there to do? And he has, after book 12, has managed to pull a big change in book 13, big enough where everything's fresh again without having to completely redo everything. It's fantastic. So I finished that, and then I got Blood of Anarion by William King. I believe William King wrote it. Um, I got it for download on my Nook. Uh, See, from if, I, if I told you what I was actually reading, you would just laugh at me. <laughs> Are you still reading the cookbook? Well, I'm always reading cookbooks. Right, right now I'm reading, a, I'm, I'm reading a book that's about this guy's culinary adventures after the collapse of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, this is not applicable to anyone but me. That's what I'm reading. <laughs> so go ahead and tell me. <laughs> uh, Blood of Anarian. Uh, somebody actually posted on, uh, this is another little quick Twitter story, but someone um, had said, oh, uh, Bone Ripper and Thankful. Isn't that the book series that Garage Hammer recommended? And being Garage Hammer meaning me because it was on Twitter. Twitter, and, yeah. And someone posted, what book series from Black Library hasn't Garage Hammer recommended? And I said, well, and I posted back, when I read one I don't like, I'll, I will let you know. Um. But I like I like when they start to fill out the world and get you stuff that you know maybe you had questions about and they start to fill it in. Mm-hmm. Blood of Venerian does that. the The book's only three hundred pages. It's the it's a Tyrion and Teclis trilogy. Um, it's the first book. The first twenty nine pages of a three hundred page book is Venerian's last night on the planet. It's like him in his tent. He wakes up next to Marathi. Oh, there we go. If it's three hundred pages of that, I'm in. No. <laughs> Uh, it's really cool though because she Marathi, wakes up. wake up. She wakes up, you know, uh, like screaming. Is I that had a, a vision. dagger in your pocket? <laughs> well, here's what's cool because when I read the High Elf book, I'm like, wait, Anarian. He's smart. He's clever. He's a political genius. He understands people. He he's the only and person, he's got a heart of gold. But he's the only one who couldn't figure out Marathi wasn't any good. Love does uh, strange things, Dave. Well, but here's this is what I'm talking about. He's sitting there, and he before Kalidor shows up, he's thinking how he drew the sword of Cain, how he knows there's it's caused problems, but it also discusses how, like, the the, the sword actually like almost whispers to him. It's got a, almost a sentience of him to him to all of its own. Well, it's the sort of a god of murder, and so. it's telling like even when Marathi's talking to him, the sword's like killer, killer, killer. You know, it wants him to kill him. He's basically he no longer feels any emotion. And that's what it's talking about, how it's killed all emotion in him. Well, he made and two bad decisions in his life. One yeah. was drawing the sword, and the other was marrying her. But as you're reading it, it's funny, because it's like there's parts where he's like, he he's pretty certain she's evil. 
and he's pretty certain she might even not have nearly anything close to his best interest in heart, and he just doesn't care. He feels nothing anymore. And I was like reading this going, okay, that makes sense. This this campaign of violence and bloodshed that's gone on for years, this sword just sort of taking, you know, trying to take him over constantly. Well, he drew it with the best intentions in mind, supposedly, right? right. But, but after years of wielding it, he's just become this tired... Now it's a matter of surviving wielding it. Right. And yeah. so he's with her, and it's just like, they have fun, they enjoy each other. If you know what I mean, one would hope so. And and but that's that's all it is to him. And then he fights all four of the you know the the major the you know the greater demons. Uh, and then the, the book picks up from there, where Tyrion and Teclis are picked up by their aunt. Apparently, they sort of live off like in a farm. Like their father has sort of removed himself from the political social life, and they're growing up. And it's really bizarre to see Teclis just like. He can't even get out of bed and go move to sit in a chair without being completely exhausted. And they all think he's going to die. He's totally sickly. And his aunt comes and collects Tyrion and Teclis to take them before the Phoenix King so they could be tested to see if there is any... If You know, they all have the curse, but are they tainted? And if they're tainted, they're going to be killed out of hand. Fantastic. And plus, you get to see a lot of it from Tyrion's point of view, which you never get. We always get Teclis, 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 Teclis. To get something from Tyrion's point of view was excellent. And after that, I am now halfway through uh, Descent of Angels, which is the sixth book in the uh, Horus Heresy. I'm halfway through that. It's on Caliban. How many are there? I think there's 16 at the moment. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, it's 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 pretty cool. So that's my reading. Cool. I finished my hobby commitment in modeling. Bop, bop, bop. Um, I said I would paint the other 50 ghouls and dip them, and I did. And right. I got them done early enough that I also painted the bases. Mm-hmm. I'd still need to flock them. And then I went back to all 100 because I had the 50 all dipped, painted, and flocked. And I did all the eyeballs and teeth on them. Good. Now, the teeth are, I mean, literally, they are like... They're teeth. They're small. I I took my little 0.2 millimeter marker tip and held it next to the teeth just to see how, as as a point of reference. I think they're like 0.6 millimeters wide and about a half a millimeter high, the entire mouth. Okay. And so I was like, that is so hard to paint and have it look like anything. Breath, breath, breath control. Just hold, oh yeah, I, I hold my breath. Basically, now I'm going to put some flesh tone highlights so their their bald heads aren't so shiny. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to paint the metal spikes going through their bodies. And my 100 ghouls are done. Nice. Just in time to not know if you're going to be fielding them anymore. Uh, from what I heard, they have the exact same stats except they're 10 points instead of 8. I did start building my Terrorgeist, but I'm going to build it and then prime it and then paint the individual parts so I can get the interior parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did build something else. I have a bit of a surprise. I got an email. Uh, someone sent me this email, uh, and it was uh, Finrare, I th- F-I-N-R-A-E-R, Finrare on our forums. His name is Paul from the UK. Hi, Paul. He sent me this. He said, hi, David. I have nothing I'd want to do as a shout-out on the show, and it seems to me that Christopher did pretty well from his birthday. Uh, I have to say I'm impressed by what you managed to organize. And it'd be your turn to receive a gift from a listener. Nice. I'd like to send a Christmas gift to say thank you both for your many enjoyable podcasts. You mentioned in the recent podcast you wouldn't buy a Skullvane Mance because of the cost, but you'd love to have it in scenery, and who wouldn't? It looks awesome. So then he PayPal'd me the money to oh, nice. buy a Skullvane Mance. Good, so good. Paul, Thank you. And, Chris, check this out. Hold on. I'm going to put my headphones down for one second. In that case, I better put my glasses on. Oh, I'll need it. Wow. This is very cool. This is a very nice gift, Dave. It's Good for amazing. You. And thank you so much. That is just, uh, that is a beautiful, you know how much I love terrain. 
You hate it, I thought. The box is like twice the size of an Italian box, too. It's actually under the under your seat here. It comes in this full heavy-gauge cardboard box that is looks like two battalion boxes lined up side by side. It is monstrous huge. I like how the the telescope at the top is practically... You could practically use this thing as like a little... You could use that on its own. tank, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that thing is like 15 inches tall. It's big and beautiful and gorgeous. And uh, since I finished... My hobby commitment, I went forward and did that as well. And then, uh, like I said, started my, uh, I'm building the Terror Geist. Oh, awesome. Well, wait a minute. You should almost hold off, man. I mean, the book's going to be out in just a little bit. Don't you want to see if they're going to make any changes? Or Well, I don't think they're going to change the Terror Geist or the Zombie Dragon. They just released it in White Dwarf, and I'm assuming that's going to be the rules. But even if they change it, I have two of these kits, so I can build Oh, I it. think you'd mentioned that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to build one of each just to have Oh, there them. you go. There, yeah. There you go. Okay, cool. So, but I started to build that, and then we got um, Dan Bell, who is also on our forums, uh, sent Harrison this gift, which I haven't actually shown him yet. He's like, oh, I got a couple of these five-man tactical squads for the Space Marines, and they're these Iron Armor Space Marines, and I'm like, I don't know what an Iron Armor Marine is, but it sounds cool, and he knows Harrison plays Chaos Marines, because that's what he tells me, so I'm like... They, they, uh, they separate the different Space Marine armors into marks. So he's like, and it's Mark III armor, and I'm like, oh, that's the old armor. That's going to be cool because Harrison does Space Marines, and he wants to do some of that stuff from, like, you know, these the Space Marines who are older from, you know, Harrison times. The, that's not the Beak one. Which one is that again? That's the... Mark III? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that much about it. Well, there's, like, there's the one armor that looks like they have beaks. There's the one where it's, like, the little stormtrooper mouth. Oh, this one looks almost like... I I, I thought it looks looks like a knight. Yeah, I thought it looked gray knight-ish. It's got, like, a knight's helmet on the front. I remember. Um... I remember this, now. This Those is are cool. Those that's are beautiful, and yeah. it's it's Forge World. What what Space Marine unit does he want to play? Well, he's building Chaos Space Marines. But I mean, does he know? Oh, he's Zinch, right? Uh, well, we're not. I told him. I said, dude, hold off on building this until we read Sixth Edition, so you know what you want to build. But uh, he thinks he's going Black Legion. Okay. That way, he could be Chaos Undivided, and if he wants to put a mark on it, it's Black Legion. They could put Ch- any mark they want. Chaos Unresponsive. Yes. But so I just want to say thank you for this because this is two five packs of Forge World Space Marines. I mean, this is this is not what I expected at all. And when I got it in the mail today, yeah, that's really a nice gift. Yeah, I'm just like, a holy very crap. very nice thing to do. Yeah. So well, watch for mold lines on those things. Oh, wear a mask. I know. I got wear a mask. Yes. You know, wipe Ooh, your, I'm going to breathe it in. <sighs> wipe your feet. And, exactly. And stop tracking mud across my floors. That sort of thing. So that was my uh, building and my uh, reading. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and uh, I did order today. We ordered four packs of um, vampire cards. Yeah. 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 And I did order, I ordered about, and I'm going to be building some of it soon. I ordered like one of each of the new things. So this has sort of turned into the buying things. Well, I mean, I, I, this is for my hobby commitment for next time. Okay. I'm going to pick some of this stuff up, and I, I'm going to try to finish the the, the Terror Geist. And if I finish it, I'm going to try to build some of these new. I ordered one. I don't know which of the two I'm going to build, but I wanted sorry, to Sorry, what now? I ordered one of the, I ordered one of the Mortis Engine slash Coven Throne. Oh, yeah. I yeah, ordered yeah. one of the Ghoul slash Terror, uh, you know. Get the kit and figure out which one it's going to be. Right. Instead yeah. of, well, I actually showed restraint because normally I would order two and build both. Well, you're going to run out of space in your home. It's not just that. Um, apparently, uh, which I forgot in the news and rumors section. 
February 25th, uh, Saturday, I have a feeling there's going to be a 40th birthday party for yours truly being uh, set up by my wife and uh, her good friend, Noel. Oh, really? Yeah, and I figured if she's going to, well, I kind of know about it because she said, if I was going to do something for your birthday, who should I contact to get in front of all of your Warhammer nerd friends who I don't have any of their contact information? And so I put her on to you and you and Chris You I said, they know everybody between the two of them. So if you were going to have people over, those would be the people to contact. So I said, I'm going to totally hold off on ordering anything more because if she if she's going to do a big party, she might even invite my family. And they'll want to know what to get me, and I will say, gift cards to UGG. I thought that they already put the kibosh on buying anything else for Warhammer 4. Yeah, you. but gift cards to UGG, they sell everything. You don't think they're going to see right through that? Considering that uh, everything I got this year was from UGG because they bought me board games and quarriers I got and all sorts of cool Christmas. I got uh, Hex Hex and all sorts of cool board games from that place. Uh, I think I have a good chance of getting UGG gift cards. Well, good. Good. So, All right. <laughs> but that's my my hobby commitment yes. is to finish the Terrorgeist and get him at least uh, mostly painted and primed up and put together because I got he's got inner parts that need to be painted. So it's like I built this, now i got to prime it and paint it and then build the other thing and prime it and paint it and put it over that part. Otherwise, I'll never get to it with a brush, and I don't want it to look like crap. Because it's an expensive model, and I'm I'm to the point now where I'm realizing, if I some of these models, if you build the whole thing first, you'll never get it painted right. Hmm. Yeah, so. no, it's the problem with the what is it called the Dreadquake mortar. There's no way that thing can be completely assembled. I have to paint that parts. Exactly. That's so, fine. That's fine. So that's what I'm doing. Nice. All right. All right. So um, okay, let me give. I did have a game, and I will go through it as quickly as humanly possible, and we will move on to the main topic. Sounds good. I played our good friend Chris Mullen. He drove up. Uh, Warboss. Like, yeah, Warboss Scargood. He. I mean, it's like an hour. You know, I have yet to 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 outside of like a convention, uh, hang out with this guy. I hung out with him at Grants, and then he came here that one day. It was funny. It was the same day you went over to Chris Hughes to play. Oh, okay. Um, we were playing down here. Uh, he brought demons. Because that's what he's bringing to our campaign, which I have to send out an email to everyone. We're going to start that next week, probably. Um, so he brought his demons, and he tried to bring a lighter list. He wanted to bring a list he would be bringing to the campaign. So he brings his corn, uh, or I mean his demons, which has corn in it. He has uh, he has a, a unit of like five uh, the dogs, demon dogs, the demon dogs, mm-hmm. uh, two fiends of Slanesh. Yep, I love those fiends. They're cool. Yeah. He has a corn demon prince. Okay. He's got a Herald of Zinch, which is his level two, yep. which is a lore master of beasts, and he's got the thing that allows him to fly. So he's not in the unit. What is lore master? Oh, lore master of beasts with Zinch? Okay. Yeah. Well, because with the demons, they could they can take the lore of beasts, too, so... I didn't realize that for so, some reason. Yeah, okay. the heralds can... They, That's right. They can take everything. Yeah. So... Those cheaty bastards. He's got beast. Then what has he got? He's got um, a big unit of well, demonets a... with a Slanesh Herald in there with that uh, siren song. Yeah, of course he does. A big unit of blood letters with the corn Herald BSB with How flaming many characters. Stuff. Did he take? Um, he had basically three heralds and a demon prince or demon lord general. Did he take a block of po- uh, horrors? Oh, okay. No, he doesn't take them a lot. Actually, he's got a really cool... If you look on our forums, he put up uh, 
a de- Demons of Chaos Tactica where he basically goes through unit by unit and just talking about what he thinks about them because he's been playing them a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, did you play VC for this thing? Uh-huh. Okay. It's my last VC game with the old book. Yeah. Um, the last hurrah. I had set up basically from left to right. I had a unit of five dogs, a horde of about 32 skeletons, hand weapon shield, full command, a horde of 30 uh, grave guard, great weapons. Uh, in that was my level three vampire lord. He was lore master of vampires. So this is like two pro-magic gunslinging armies. Yeah, well, he only had really, I mean, he, he had that level two mostly doing his magic. Well, uh, lore master of beasts. He's going to yeah. be casting. And I had lore master of vampires with a level three. Yeah. Did you uh, take a black coach? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I wonder if that screwed with him. Did it screw with either of you? It screwed with both of us a little bit. Well, he's he's got magic all over the place. I mean, that he means. He had some crummy magic rolls, and I think he got three spells off the whole game. Oh, well, that's but, kind of uh, the game right there, then. then it uh, tells me what happened. Uh, next, let's see. I had the Graveguard. I had the White King BSB with the Regen banner, blah, blah, blah. Um, I took my Vampire Lord. He was level three. He had the Blood Drinker and the Heavy Armor with the Ward Save. Yeah. And then he had... Was he with the horses? No, I didn't have no horses. He was with the Graveguard. Yeah. Um, then he had uh, the Raised Ghouls, Raised Skeletons, Raised Beasts. I gave him all the 15-point raise, so he could raise everything past its starting point. You just beefed him up. Um, like I said, I just gave him the, that to cast that stuff. I wasn't giving him. I I had no crown. I had no weapon skill hat. I didn't. I did have the regen banner, but that was so. The goal was to just revitalize. Uh, be yeah. so resilient that he couldn't kill it fast enough. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, next to that, I had thirty ghouls. Uh, next to that, uh, I had a black. I had the black coach. I had the corpse cart with the bale fire, and then the another unit of five dogs. Well, I could practically predict this game. If you're telling me that his magic didn't work and yours did, then there's no way he would have torn through you. Uh, what happened was he started moving forward and I wasn't. His fiends were coming up and then he had his demonettes and then he had his uh, bloodthirsters. And here was like the first interesting thing. Turn two, he decides to uh, use his siren song against my my graveguard. I can't remember. A siren song it affects makes you. me charge. Well, right, but I mean... Yeah, I guess I guess even if you're immune to psychology, that affects you, right? Yeah, it says that you have okay. to charge. Okay. okay, So I had to roll like a 10 or better to make this charge, and even if I made it, his blood letters were set up to hit me in the flank. Mm-hmm. That was his plan. So I declared the charge, but then I looked and I said I measured, and I was within, I needed a 12 to get my skeletons to be able to charge the blood letters. Yep. So I charged with them, too. Oh, I know what you're going to say. You move something in front of him. Well, yeah. Well, he and at first he's like, "Wait, you can't do that." I'm like, "Why not?" He goes, "You have to. You declared the charge with you had to, you declared the charge first with those grave guard because I made you, and then you declared the charge skeletons. You have to resolve it, grave guard. I'm like, "No, I don't. You can just just resolve do it any, any way I want." Yeah. So I failed the charge of my skeletons, pulled forward, and then blocked the grave guard. Uh, long story short, we got into sort of a, a you know a killing match. His uh, his slanesh. Uh, his demonettes killed off my skeletons eventually. My graveguard killed off his demonettes. Uh, and then I turned around and we were going up against the bloodthirster, or the blood letters. His bloodthirster had the flaming banner. He, so His blood letters had the flaming banner? Yeah, those, yeah was, well, his, or I mean his herald. Yeah, his herald had the... Uh, the had, demon prince? Yeah, no, his herald of, of corn. Okay. He had the magic, he was the BSB and he had the flaming banner. Hmm. So... Basically, we get into this big scrum in the middle. Um, he was really cool because about, by turn three, we had everything. It was I've got my grave guard uh, front to front with his 
blood letters. His demon prince is in the flank of my grave guard. My black coach is all jazzed up to level six and is in the rear of his 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 demon prince. Yeah. My ghouls are in the flank of his blood letters. It's just this bloody mess. I've I've killed off everything basically, and eventually what winds up happening is I, I kill off the whole blood letter unit, but I can't kill the BSB. And so I've got all these ghouls touching the BSB. I've got all these guys. His BSB challenges, which is like, ugh. Now, turn three, something weird happened. The game got paused. We had to both go out of the room. There was other stuff going on in the house I had to take care of. We, so you tried to move as much as you could before he... Well, no, we came back, and we and we did the turn, the combat, after the movement phase, and realized we'd skipped the magic phase. And I was like, oh, crap. And like we just pulled the models off that had run. So Chris was a really nice guy, and he said, well, let's do your magic phase and redo the combat. Magic phase, absolutely nothing happened, and then instead of losing the combat by one, I won it by one, which was really unfair because magic didn't swing it either way. It was just dice rolling. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? No, no. Let's go back to what we did on the first turn. Yeah, I, I got to say, it's like... I felt bad, and he's like, I'm like, why don't we just go back? If, if the magic phase had changed it, because he's like, it's just a friendly game, and we honestly, we both forgot because we both ran upstairs and came back. We'll go back that way. Here's where I made my big mistake. Well, two things happened. First, I charged my dogs that were remaining into the side of his demon prince just to try to get some more combat res. Yeah. But And he killed a few of them, and that actually worked out poorly just because of combat res. But here's here's where the whole game ended. I was winning. He charges forward on his last turn with that little Herald of Zinch okay. into my ghouls. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He rolls up a nice big magic phase, gets a bunch of dice. My my black coach eats up some of the dice. He picks up six dice and rolls for the transformation. Little did I know as he brought oh. his big his big set of all his models. Rolls six dice, gets a twenty seven, which is enough to cast it, and pulls out the dragon. Yep. I pick up my six. I have seven dice. I pick them up. Roll against rid of this. I roll a twenty six. No double sixes for either of you. Nope. Huh. So the dragon happens. Yeah, I guess so. What the, model did he use? Uh he had the high elf dragon, but he put a lot of skulls on the on the on the little the little flared off, you know, armor bits. Yeah, yeah. And then he took the high elf rider and put a lot of dark elf bits on him so cool. it looked more demonic. Sure. Yeah, that thing killed like twenty ghouls or something like that. What? How? Uh it had uh Thunderstomp. It had a bunch of attacks. Oh, this is, it this this is transformation. So it has... Oh, he breathed. Okay, so that's 2d6 plus, what, six attacks plus Thunderstomp? Uh-huh. Okay. And then it's oh. got all the things for that. So it's got a two-up armor save. Oh, and it's got the ward save because it takes the thing, the whatever abilities that its original character had. Right. So I lost that combat by like 16 so, so then you lost 16 more. I lost, But that was a huge multi-unit combat. So I lost all my ghouls and all my graveguard and my BSB and my general. Oh, one crumble. And uh, so the game, actually, that pretty much ended. The, ga- the game ended there. And I lost by 113 points. No kidding. All right. So it was, it was honestly, it was, I made a couple of mistakes, um, but... So with the new VC book, you're hungry for vengeance. Well, was, he was really smart. I, I wiped out the bloodletter unit, and all he had was the BSP. So he's like, challenge, which took all of those ghouls with the poisoned attacks right out of the game. That's very and true. And then, I mean, I still would have probably won because he just couldn't have done enough combat res to, to wipe out those units. But I had a unit of 30 ghouls. That's, what, 240 points? 
And then my big unit of Graveguard was like 400 some. In fact, with the Vampire and the BSB and all those Graveguard, that was an 1,100-point unit. Hmm. So he scored in the last turn 1,400 points to win it by 113 points. Well done. So I was like, son of a bitch. It was a draw. It was so close to a draw. 13 points past drawing, and I had it wrapped up. But I, you know what it is? Is I learned that I need to know when to be aggressive and when I've got it where I want him, and so don't throw anything else into it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I often hold back when I should be aggressive, and I'm aggressive when I should hold back. And I, if I, I think if I can learn that a little better, I will really up my game ability because he's like, dude, you had me the whole game. And then at the last minute, you threw in things you shouldn't have. I got a whole bunch of extra combat res. And then seriously, summoning that dragon in the last turn, I couldn't dispel it. I could have dispelled it on my next turn, but by then it was too late. It had done like 18 wounds. Yep. And I just, I couldn't wound it. I did, I brought his general down to one wound. I brought his BSB down to one wound. It didn't matter. Because they're not dead. Exactly. Yep. So that's that. Well, it didn't go the way I expected it to. Well, I'm sorry to hear for your loss, but congratulations to uh, Warboss Scargood. And you know what? He was a, it, it, he's so much fun to play with because if you're playing in the – I mean, I know he plays and he plays some hardcore tournament-style gaming. He is like – he does – he takes hard list. He plays with hardcore tournament players. Even when they're playing for fun, they're playing tournament practice, hardcore stuff, which is one of the reasons he's kind of excited to be in our campaign. Because he knows he's playing against some new players. Some players. So he's just going to bring some lighter stuff, some just more fluffy yeah, stuff. Yeah, just a whole bunch of fluff Star Galactica. So right. I mean. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's coming to do something different. But, dude, what a, what a – I mean, he's so much fun to play with. He's just a total gentleman. You know, he's such a nice player. I mean, you know, I know you take d- hardcore demon list to tournaments. People think you're kind of a jackhole. He's like, i got a reputation for being kind of a jerk player. But we're sitting here. Oh, here, we'll just put your put your models back. We'll just redo. We're in the. Who cares? This is not like this. Is, you know, well, that's like, the whole point. Is tournament aside, that we're playing for fun. We're yeah. playing because it's a game. <laughs> so, uh, just thanks for that game because it was fantastic. Awesome. Um, all right. So well, that's it. that. Well, shouldn't we uh, maybe take ourselves a little break and then we can? I've got like a thirty second tournament list I could uh, spit out for the tournaments that are upcoming. Okay, we'll do the tournament update and then we'll get to the main ta- main topic. So we'll be right back. Sounds good. Hey guys, this is David, and I just want to take a minute to talk to you about Battle Foam. Battle Foam is the premier army transport system. If you don't have Battle Foam yet, what are you waiting for? I mean, what are you transporting your armies around in? Someone else's army cases? You mean the kind with the foam that doesn't actually attach to the base of the foam? And you put all the models in, you pick it up, and they turn sideways and slide through and scratch up? Fantastic job. Of course, you know what? You're probably doing better than the guy who's across the table who brought his entire army dice, templates, and everything inside the battalion box that he bought the models in. But you could avoid being that guy with some battle foam. Battle foam's cases come in all sizes to cover smaller to larger armies. And on top of that... They can custom cut your foam for any of those special conversions you might have. So you owe it to yourself. Go to their website, battlefoam.com. Replace that junky old foam with some top quality battle foam. Once you do, you're going to want one of their cases. That's what they do. That's all they do. Battle foam. Protecting your army. And we're back. All right. Back, 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 back,
tournament update. Very short tournament update this week, folks. Yeah, so what we've got for 2012. Now, by the way, we just want to mention that our tournament update is brought by uh, Circle City Circuit and Lizardman Jeff. Yeah. Lizardman Jeff does not have a shout-out this week, but be sure to check him out on Circle City, uh, CircleCityCircuit.com for yep. more information. And this is not a full turn. This is just, Here's some dates, and here's what's going on. We're going to have a full update next week, folks, but we, we want to get this out on time, so yeah. we're going to just get this going. So this month, uh, January 28th and 29th, that's the weekend of the 28th and 29th, we're going to have Wapaka. That's in Wapaka Ale House in Wisconsin. Uh, check them out at Wapaka. Uh, or actually, the best part, the best place to find them is at uh, pointhammer.com. There's uh, the Point Hammer Boys. Point Hammer Boys, of course, it's done by the Point Hammer Boys. I'm going. I am going. So you're, just go- you're going to hang out. I'm just going to go to drink and hang out. I'm going to buy myself a big bottle of Hendrix gin and uh, get stupid and play some pickup games. Excellent. Yeah, it'll be fun and uh, watch the mayhem. There you go. Uh, in April, we've got Adepticon, of course. That's Thursday the 19th through the 22nd. That's in the Western Lombard in Lombard, Illinois. Uh, Adepticon.org is the place to check out for information for them. In June, on the weekend of the 23rd and 24th, we've got Blood in the Sun. Check them out at bloodinthesun.com. That is the Crown Plaza Hotel in Northbrook, uh, Northbrook, Illinois. So check them out at bloodinthesun.com. Now in July, we've got a couple of items coming up. So uh, the same weekend, unfortunately. So Friday the 13th through Sunday the 15th. Now this is a change from what we've announced before. But Buckeye Battles, I believe number four at BuckeyeBattles.com is on the weekend of the 13th through the 15th. Now we had it at the weekend before that, so they've changed it. Did they change? I mean, is this... Are we, uh, I, as, of the, as of this afternoon when I looked on their website, that's what I saw. Okay. Uh, the same weekend, but in a different location, we've got the 14th and the 15th. That's Invasion Kenosha number four, and that's InvasionKenosha.com. And that'll be in Salem, Wisconsin. So yep. check out both if you're in the area. Obviously, uh, that's um, BuckeyeBattles.com or InvasionKenosha.com. And finally, in August, we've got Gen Con, which is not specifically Warhammer-centric, but it's certainly Gamer's it's Paradise. It's definitely worth mentioning. Thursday the 16th through Sunday the 19th, Gen Con at uh, www.gencon.com. You know what I think I I'm skipped? I'm going. Heather's going. I think you're going. I should lie. Uh, Greg should Dan so. is coming in from England. Yep. He's going to come stand and go with us. So You know, the one thing I didn't mention, uh, you'll just have to look into it, which would be Origins. I forgot to mention that's in Columbus, Ohio. Right. And that's actually five days. I believe that's Wednesday through Sunday. I don't remember. Dang, yo. So look at them up. That's uh, Origins.com. Or OriginsGameFair.com. Just Google Origins Game Fair and you'll find it. Okay, okay. And that's it. That's it for the tournaments. Uh, guys, as always, we'd like to hear all of your tournaments. Make sure to contact us at Gresham at Live.com or uh, Twitter us, I suppose, or Twitter Dave. Or uh, <laughs> or you could Twitter Christopher now that you went and actually tweeted. I, the silence is finally broken. You've had that account for flipping ever. And I just wanted to make sure I had that account before someone else stole it from me. I, I, I tweeted. Twitted, tweeted, whatever, one thing tonight. Yes, your first tweet. Well, I kept saying, well, you know, if Christopher doesn't tweet, Christopher doesn't, is not going to tweet. And then people are like, well, isn't this his Twitter account? And they kept putting at Topher Sinister. And I'm like, um, well, do you see any tweets from him on it? You know, cause That's why you know it's mine. Yeah. In any case, so guys, if you have any tournaments that you would like us to announce, please let us know. I, you know, I, I know that there are more that we announced on prior shows, and I'll get it on this list. I'm trying to update this list so we have it for every show. Sure, sure, sure. But that's it for tournaments. Um, maybe it's time to get into the main show. The main yeah. Time. Now, uh, I was listening over the break, over Christmas break, um, to Three Die Block, and they had a really chase and uh, Drew. Had this really oh the silky smooth voice of Drew Bucciconi. Yes, and uh, they had this really cool thing where they went through the list of uh, the the teams for Blood Bowl, and uh, they had done an episode a couple episodes earlier where they had this guy uh, I forget where they were from, but it was uh, somewhere in Europe, 
and they were trying to tweak the armies so that the three tiers were closer to each other. You know, take oh Martin Lyricus, yeah. And yep. they were just basically taking the top tier armies down just like a little half a peg and bringing the lowest tiers army up half a peg just to try to get – there's still three tiers, but they're a little closer. Right. And I'm like, you know – and I, I called Chris and said, you know, why don't we – Yeah, I listened to that episode, and yeah. I loved it. I, I did too. You proposed that – Why don't we give gifts to the Warhammer armies? Which I love the idea. I have to admit, since you proposed the idea, I've actually been like going through every single army book – Brainstorming. I loved this project. This was so much fun for me. So I'm looking forward to this. This was a ton of fun. So we each went through. Now, um, we, we, we took slightly different, like, I yeah, think. Yeah, we did. Uh, different approaches. Like, I tried only, I, 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 I tried to give gifts, give and, them something to make them better. And if I couldn't come up with anything to make them better, I tried to basically, I, I would just, I think only, uh, I'd give them, like, nothing. I'm like, I'm, you know, I tried not to do anything. But but well, then you brought up. Well, in my case, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give them something that would actually improve the army in a way that was balanced. Like, if I was actually given a GW game designer hat for one day, and the rule was, with the minimum of, inter- of interference, what would you do to improve this army with the minimum of changes? So that's what I tried to do. So gifts right. for most of them, but call for some of them too. Right, and for some of them, I mean, I tried to I, I tried to avoid a few things. I tried to avoid points changing. I didn't I, want to play with I, points. I, I do have a few that are points, but most of them do not. Right, uh, and then I tried to basically like I thought if the army was already tough, I tried to find something maybe that nobody like a unit nobody takes. Well, we you and I discussed it a little bit, right. so we'll be able to get into that as we discuss this. We've we've had some fun ideas coming. Right, but that's what I was trying not to give Cole. But if it's like if it's an army, like I actually found something. I, like, I was giving the Skaven nothing because yeah. we had discussed that, and you actually came up with that I thought was something was really good. But I basically, I'm like, okay, you know, nobody takes this. Let's just give that a little tweak so someone might want to take it. Just so, I don't think, nobody takes it anyway. This might make it a little bit more worth taking. So you might see some variety, but I don't think it's going to make that army any better. You know, I'm just trying to make yeah. it, give them, give them a little more variety. So, Well, let, let's get into let's it. Let's go alphabetical. Okay, sounds good. English. I was going to say, I, I actually don't have it in any particular order, but alphabetical, so that would be Beastmen. Beastmen first. Why don't you hit it off? All right, now, this is probably the most complex one that, I did. Okay. Um, I gave them their ambush rule. I, I think I made their ambush rule better. Okay. Uh, in my personal humble opinion, I took because the ambush rule right now is so random that nobody wants to put ambush ambushers in. Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I didn't want to touch ambush because I thought it would be. I don't. I don't have the. This would not be a small thing, but I'm kind of curious to hear what you did. So here's what I did, and I actually read, uh, I know I read something about, it might have even been in, if it wasn't in Tamarcon, it was in some other book that had something similar to this for this type of a rule. So here's what I did. I said, if you're going to ambush, you still have to do the same thing. You have to have a unit of the same size already on the table. Right. I left those rules in place. But you can come in starting on turn two. Okay. On turn two. Now, you have the option to roll to bring them in. If you want to hold them till later in the game, you can opt not to roll at all. So you uh, do, would you declare at the beginning of the turn whether or not you're going to yes. ambush? beginning okay. of the turn, are you going to bring in your ambushers? Meaning, meaning ambushers come in during their remaining moves, but do you have to declare before charges? Um, I, I, well, details, details. Yeah, uh, I didn't think about that exactly. Okay. Yet, but we, we won't worry so about it. So here we go. Turn two, they can come in on a four-plus. Okay. Um, That's and turn you, two. Yeah. You can choose where they come in. They can come in anywhere on your side of the board or your, the one foot on the side of the board of your deployment zone. Okay. And they actually one foot past that. So, like, they didn't come in on the first turn in your deployment zone. So, so it's still side of the board mechanic as opposed to 
buried beneath the sands, which is a point on the table. Right. Still the mechanic still of the side of the from a board edge. Okay. But instead of randomly coming in on a board edge, it's basically anywhere in your deployment zone, which is your whole side of the board plus the one foot up mm-hmm. plus the next foot. So basically you're half of the board if they come up on turn two. They come up on a four plus on turn two. On turn three, they'll come in on a three plus, and then it's another foot past that. So it's basically any board edge that's not in your opponent's deployment zone. Basically. So the later you decide to deploy them, the deeper in you can deploy them. Because they're moving around the battlefield. And the easier it becomes to deploy them. Right, because you want them to come in. I mean, later in the game. Uh, after turn four, you have to start rolling for them. They come in on a two plus, and they can come in on any board edge after starting on turn four. Including the back edge? Yes. Including deployment zone? Yes. Okay. Um, if you ever roll a one for deployment, uh, they get lost and your opponent gets to pick where on the board edge they come in. So they could choose, like, the far corner yep. of your own deployment zone yep. if they wanted to. That's okay. a screw-up. So if you ever roll the one... So there's no risk of losing them. No. Hmm. I never thought about that, actually. Maybe it would be a 5-4-3. I, I guess I didn't think this through as well. There could be a, some sort of a loss, I suppose. Maybe that's part of the problem with the current mechanic for ambush is that you're spending points for something random that you have no control over, and you could just lose them up off the top. Like right. you're spending points and punished for taking the rule. Well, see, for, well, so for, maybe, I know for the dwarfs, they come in by turn four on a two plus. Uh, but if you never roll that two, like if you just keep rolling ones, they're just if they never show up, they're lost. You lose the points. The concept of just the beastmen running in from every angle from the forests and stuff like that is just such it's, a cool... It's cool, but at the same time, you do have to be careful with the mechanic because if you push it too far, beastmen are actually... They get they get made fun of for being kind of a weak army, but they're not. No, they can be tough, but yeah. that's... you know. So maybe there should be a mechanic in there where they could be lost like they, like they still are. Or maybe, like I said, maybe we just have it where if you roll a one, you roll again. And there's a chance they get lost. A mishap chart. Yeah. Yeah, a mi- yeah, exactly. A mishap chart. And on, like, you know, one to three, they're lost and they're gone. On a four to six, your opponent gets to place them wherever they want. I think that's probably even better right there. So that's what we'll do. If you ever roll a one, then you roll on the mishap chart, and there's a 50-50 chance they're either lost or your opponent's going to deploy them in the far corner, of the you know, away from the action. Interesting. But I thought that would be, it's a mechanic they already have. That absolutely everybody hates. Nobody wants to use it because it's so random. Yeah. And I just took some of the random out. You at least, you, you can't control exactly when they come in, but at least you can pick most of the time where they come in. I I like the idea. I didn't touch the ambush rule for this simple reason. That was, I felt like with with the time I had, there wasn't enough time to fix it. <laughs> There's just so much. The ambush rule was fun in 7th edition but in 8th edition, the, the new tweak, well, actually, I guess it was a 7th edition book, but the new the new version of it was not as much fun and very risky. Well, like I said, I, I, like, I like this one, and I think if we take the one and do the 50-50 chart, yeah. then I think it works. There's still a small risk. It's definitely better than the old one. It's an 8% risk of losing them all together only because you figure a, a 16% chance of rolling a one. But it's one in six times... Yeah. Yeah. So sixteen, and then half of that is eight. So you yep. got an eight percent chance of losing them all together when you roll the dice. Yep. That's not you know that, but that could still you know. I it's like better. It. It's better than just losing them on a sixteen percent chance. Yeah. Exactly. So what'd you give them? Well, I did two things, and this is one of the few cases where it did change points. Uh, for starts, the giant uh, is down yep. to two hundred points. I still don't think people are going to take it, but I did change. You did too. Didn't I you? did that army wide. I did that yep. game wide. Because there are 200 points, I think, in the uh, in the uh, Orc and Goblin. They're the Ogre's book. Are they? I think really? they're 200 points. Jeez, the Ogre's have everything. Well, um, 
in the case of the Beastmen, I actually think that the Gore and Ungore and Bestigore and even Minotaurs, they're all good. They're good. I mean, we're talking about a movement of five, weapon skill four, uh, what is it, uh, toughness four, primal fury. They're kind of awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. You know, they're really efficient and good. You can give them two hand weapons. so you can. As long as you don't roll it and screw up the roll. But, I mean, you have some control over that because you can get your leadership there and you can get your BSB there. Right. So they're pretty good. So I just wanted to do something to change the army so that you have more options than you did before. Okay. To encourage people to take different things. So, first of all, I don't think the giant is going to change anyone's army list. But in 1,600 <laughs> points, it means you can take two of them. And, right. and there you might actually see a payoff. Well, like I said, I totally agree. I did it. Game-wide, yeah. all giants, every book, are yeah. 200 points. But I think the big thing that I changed, I, be- <laughs> I believe the, th- the three big monsters, uh, Saigor, Gorgon. Gorgon, and Jabberslide, yep. I-, I couldn't decide between 205 and 225, and I think 225 is fairer. It might not still be enough, but it's better than the 275 that they were before. I'm guessing, like I said, based off the, the giant is 200, and uh, I mean, and I think that either of those three are a lot better than the giant, right? So you should pay twenty five more. I'm still not sure that people who play Beastmen would regularly pay would pay two twenty five, but I bet you it's more tempting than two seventy five, where you say I, I never. And I can tell you what people are saying right now, because I was originally thinking about it, but I didn't want to play with the points. The giant was one of my few. Yeah. Well, the giant, is, it's like it's the pretty safe. Is 175. We shouldn't pay more than 200. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. People keep, I, I've heard a lot of people saying 200 for that. Um, but this isn't the Dark Elf list. This is the Beastman. So. Exactly. But yeah, two, I mean, hey, it's, it's, and it's your thing. 225 is a hell of a lot better than two, uh, 275. I'm afraid to lower it to 205 because at some point you start to you start to make it too cheap. Right. And I'm not sure that 205 is is the right cost for those things. They're efficient. I mean, there's a reason to take them. 215, split the difference. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you're going to make them, you're make them to, to reasonable. Im- to improve the army, to give them a gift, I would lower those costs because at least then you're going to take gore anyway. Some people are taking them already, but to give them that extra 50 points to put a few more other models on the table, what I it, mean... What it does is it allows a Beastman player to change their army. It's like, you know what? I'm going to throw one in there. Rather yep. than take a big block of these minotaurs, I'll risk it. I'll take a whatever you have, the gorgon or the the Cygor, and I'll take that. Yeah, I'll throw stones at people. You know, I think they're cool. Yeah, or I'll threaten the magic phase. With, I like when the book came out, dude. I remember how excited I was when that book came out. I was reading all that stuff. I thought it looked, I, all of it looked so cool on paper. It was, it was fun, just, but in, in seventh edition, it was a it was a pile of pile. Right. It was a pile. Yeah. And in eighth edition, it took people to, a while to realize, oh wait a minute, these guys have got it. Where it counts, it's right. just that. And speaking of 7th edition, there was one other game-wide rule that I had changed because it was just annoyed me. What's that? Which we discussed. A lot of the armies say these things that this does not count towards your core choices. Okay. Like you said, the Dark Elf Harpies. Yeah. Um, I did, think. Did you get rid of that altogether? I got rid of that. Well, because before when it was when you could take three units of Ungor for 30 points each because yeah. it's five five in a unit for six and that would be all your core choices. I understand where you're saying, no, you can't count that towards your core choices. But now since you have to just have 600 points, nobody's going to take, or 500 points on a 2000, nobody's taking 500 points of harpies. Nobody's going to take a 500 points of harpies because I changed that rule. See, I think that there's a danger there. I think there's an abuse that you can have, but it depends on the army. Like with the with dark elves, well, I don't know. I mean, but that's your choice. That's what you decided to do. I I didn't make that choice, but you did. It'd be fun to right. know whether or not it works. I mean, I see what you're saying is you could take a thousand deployments of harpy or five deployments of harpies now 
because and they're counting towards your core, so you're not wasting special choices to have extra deployments. And, and that may be actually easy to defeat, but I don't know how thematic it is for the Dark Elves to have that many harpies. You could also, I mean, but for those things, I would rather see them go back and say, okay, this is a zero to three choice. You can only have up to three units of these, so you don't abuse it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just having them count nowhere... For points, just irritates the crap out of me. Well, we'll see. We'll see right. if that gets changed. That's an interesting one. But, so, I'm sorry, I kept interrupting. No, no, no. Well, that's it for my beastman. It was uh, lower the cost of the three main monsters and then, right. the, and then the giant. Okay. So the next one would be Bretonia. Bretonia. Take well, it, brother. Yeah, let's do it. I this is this is an army I really like. Um, really? I, you know, I have a couple of things that I think would be a fair change, uh-huh. and then I have a few things that I think would be gratuitous. But I like. I just want to mention them. Sure. Why not? Uh, just tell us which one of them is your official gift and which ones were your honorable uh, mentions. A, a few of them are official gifts. Um, the first one, okay, the lady's blessing is automatically granted. No more granting the ability of your opponent to choose whether or not they go first or second. I think that they should just get the word save, especially when you consider Everybody that... Everybody else gets it. Just give it to them. That, yeah. y- yes, yeah, especially when you consider that they don't have anything remotely close to the best cavalry in the game, even though they're a cavalry army. <laughs> So let's cut them they a little have slack. Some of the best. It's just they're really expensive too. For they're 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 not even. Grail knights are badass. Uh, yeah, but they're really stupid expensive. I, actually, I think that grail nuts are not badass compared to their cost. Well, that's the thing. They're they're too expensive. My, but we're I, we're not playing points yeah, games here. Toward, toward the end of my my uh, my my playing with them, I was actually starting to consider taking them out. As much as I love them, I was considering taking them out because I felt like they never got their points back. Well, that's true. Uh, who so, knows? Maybe they'll adjust those things if they ever get a new book this year. Well, that would be nice. So what I did is I think that um, we had mentioned that uh, the Grail Reliquae uh-huh. are over-costed and under-efficient. They have right. a weapon skill of two, and they're stubborn with a leadership of eight. Right. Okay. I, th- I believe for their cost, if I'm not going to change the point of that unit, Make them unbreakable. Yep. And I think that would be fair. Now, I think that's powerful, but when you look at how much they cost, I think it's fair because they're not a cheap unit. It is, and they're sort of – and it, really, the Grail Reliquay, I mean, they're these crazy pilgrims carrying around a dead freaking knight. They remind me a lot of the – Flagellants. Flagellants, yeah. exactly. So yeah. why not? I actually did this – I took the same – it's so funny because as we discussed this, it's like when we didn't have ideas, we sort of worked better off each other because oh, some yeah, of them stumped no, us. I mean, because before we talked to you, before you didn't, or did you have more? By the way, I do have a little bit more. Now, did you do that one before we we talked? Did you give oh, them that one? No, you and I talked, and that's what we came up with together. But uh, before that, I at least wanted to lower the cost. But I actually like this new version better. Okay, because that I I I changed the Grail Reliquay too for mine. But give the rest of yours, and then I'll talk about mine. Um, this next one, I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to come up with rules that I felt were thematic. Uh huh. So I feel like, in a way. Bretonia is always going to be, and this is no pun intended, but a one-trick army sort of army. They're one-trick pony kind of army, meaning that they're about the charge. They are about it. That yes. is what they do. So I felt like certain units should gain bonuses only when charging. So I thought it would be fun to give each of their knights, uh-huh. with the exception of the grail of the peg knights who don't need any help, right? Um, a charge bonus. Now the one that I think is not fair is the knights of the realm. They really. They're awesome, and they don't deserve more than they already have. Okay. So this one I don't think is fair, but I like the rule. Um, it would be cool to give them a, a special rule that I call Glorious Charge, uh-huh. which means that they disrupt the enemy while charging. I think that's unfair. I think that's too powerful, but I love the rule, and I'd like to see it incorporated into a banner. 
I like that. We discussed that a couple times, though. We've always tried to say, because the charge before, you'd hit them and you'd break them, and now they're always steadfast against you and you can't yeah. break them. I love well, that rule. They might still be steadfast, but at least they don't get the rank bonuses. You'll probably win combat. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so you're doing disruption. I think originally when we talked, we well, said that... It's the, in there. Okay. It's, that's it's in there. It's like, the, <laughs> it's like the pasta sauce. Hey, man, it's in there. It's the one of spicy meatball. Now, the other two I actually think are fair. Um, you know what the, uh, the, the... What are they called? The... Um, the ones with the great swords. Those are the questing knights. Oh, the winky dinky dogs. Yeah, the winky dinky dogs. The questing knights. The ones with the great weapons. Yep. The ones that people don't generally take. Right. Well, people don't generally take them. <laughs> you know. And by the way, they, people <laughs> don't generally take them. Their armor is worse, and uh, they always strike last. So, what I wanted to do for these guys was to make them desirable to take. Um, on the charge, I think they should also gain always strikes first. So they strike an initiative order. Because on the charge, they come flying in. They shouldn't necessarily be hitting last. They're just flying by you with their... Yeah, so... Oh, that's cool. So on well, the so charge... Gave each different unit a different bonus for charging. Right. I, I like this. I like this a lot. Well, I wanted... Yeah, and then... So, th- so the questing knights get, get ASF on the charge. But okay. remember that they also they have AS- ASL, so now they're hitting an initiative order. Right. And then the uh, grail knights, um, they get... Where did, I, where did I put it? Grail Knights negate enemy steadfast, but on not stubborn on the charge. And I think for how much you pay for them, that's almost fair. That might be too powerful, but I think it's fair considering how expensive they are. Uh, you know what? Because that was their thing in the last game. If they charge a unit, they hit it, they do a ton of attacks, they break the unit, they run it down, they're ready to go and charge another yeah. unit. And I and think they, they should still do that be, anymore. I think that the, the Grail Knights should still be able to, in theory, do that. So what happens if I charge? Well, because the bonuses are. What happens if I charge with a unit of the first unit of knights that takes away their rank bonus, and the Grail knights on the same charge? You'll blow them away. Well, like Did I said, <laughs> but like I said, I don't actually think that the glorious charge made up rule that I have is fair, dude. I think that's kind of awesome though. You take away their rank bonus and you take away their steadfast if you char- if you can get the charge off with both units. But think about that too. I mean. In seventh, two big buses of knights hitting your unit, your unit's dead. Oh, it'd be dead. Um, the thing is, Bretonians are winning tournaments, so some of these are too much. I think that uh, the Lady's Blessing and the Questing Knights and the Grail Knights are all pretty fair, mostly because people aren't really taking as many of those. They're taking mostly the Knights of the Realm. Now, the Glorious Charge for the Knights of the Realm, you better pay for that. That better cost something. Could you take the Glorious Charge? Could you give that to the... Oh, but then they'd still be striking last. Right. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. I I, I like the I idea like of Glorious Charge, but I think that it's something you should pay for. Okay. That, that's pretty cool. I, it was fun. I like the army. I, I wanted to come up with something. Well, that's okay because I gave my dwarfs a little bit extra, too. I always give a little extra love into your, your army. Well, they're um, just one of my armies, but in their case, some are fair, some are not, but I wanted to at least get them <laughs> out there. Just one of my armies. Now that you, you went from two to a bajillion... Yeah, no kidding. Well, what did you give them? <laughs> um, I, once again, I was looking and said, okay, what does nobody take? Because, you know, the, the knights are good. I, I don't have the type of experience you had to go through and do that. I didn't even think of that. Um, I went through and said, you know, the Grail Reliquay is cool. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people take it. And I wish more people would because it is cool. And I like it. And I know you liked it. Even you're like, dude, it's so hard to take it. It just it never it's, works right. I, I have it, and I don't take it because it just 
it's so many points that you're only taking it for the pleasure of putting it on the table, but you will take it quickly off the table again. So here's what I did. Um, you know, I looked and I, I had already done this in some other parts of the army because I looked, I said, okay, we got to do something to help these peasants out. Yeah. That was my first initial response. And so let's bump them to well, wait, 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 help the peasants? Well, well they're, they're, those are peasants that are carrying the grail. So I was thinking uh, oh, originally. Those, oh, those guys. Okay. Initially, I was thinking the peasants in general. And I looked at them and said, God, they're all weapon skill two. I'm like, but if I wake up weapon skill three, they're the same weapon skill as a lot of the knights. And I'm like, that's not yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I go, that, 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 that's not going to work. You've got to be careful with that because they're so dirt cheap. Exactly. And what I said was, you know what? They're fighting with pitchforks and shovels. Leave them at weapon skill two. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at the Grail Reliquay and I said, they're getting weapon skill three. Remember that they have access to lore of beasts too, so you can really make but, peasants scary. All right, but what I'm saying is those peasants have the lady's blessing. They're carrying around a knight. Oh, the reliquy, yeah, the reliquy. So the the peasants that are carrying the reliquy, and they, I gave them weapon skill three, with the lady's blessing and all that other stuff. I say these guys are really zealous. They're not just a bunch of conscripted farmers who don't necessarily even want to be there, per se. These are guys who want to be there, who want to fight, who are carrying around a knight. So I gave them weapon skill three to the battle pilgrims and in those... In the in not the, the ones carrying the reliquy, whatever you call them, the Grail reliquy. Yeah, yeah. Every, uh, the, the, those that, are called battle pilgrims. Okay, yeah. So those battle pilgrims and that's weapon skill three for all the models in the in the Grail reliquy. Okay, that would make um, it a little bit better. And then I agreed with you, and I said, "Yep, unbreakable." Oh, both weapon skill three and unbreakable. Bear yeah. in, bear in mind that they're also hatred in the first turn of combat. So. That could be pretty good. People would take it. I mean, maybe the Unbreakable might be too much, but I think the Weapon Skill 3, that we at least... Because the problem with Weapon Skill 2 is just that as soon as you hit anything that's elite, you're only hitting on fives. True. And I, it, just, I just think that... Uh, I just think for a unit that's got the Lady's Blessing, even begrudgingly, and that is running around with a Knight, albeit dead one, yeah. if they're that zealous, they should be a bit better at fighting than than the regular peasants because they are really into the fighting. They're there to to to, to make a difference. We we're not knights, we can't be knights, but we're going to we're we're trying our darndest. So that's what I gave the to the to the brats. I'll take it. Sounds like a fine gift. I'll take it. And it's and it's not as drastic as your your horse lords getting all sorts of bonuses. Well, but it's cool. I I liked your stuff. So why don't we go on to Chaos Dwarfs? All right. Um, Chaos Dwarfs, dude, I honestly, and I hate to cop out, it's the one army that I literally, I, I actually went back and even... Well, we kind of got our gift, didn't we? I, I gave them, I didn't give them anything. That's okay. I said, I'm, I said, you got a gift. It was, it was, you got a whole new set of rules. I said, you're a legitimate GW army again. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. That's pretty much it. I I like what you gave them, though. Well, I gave them an FAQ. <laughs> Which is a good point, because you brought up these questions on, when we, when we covered the army list. Yeah. I got a yeah I got a um so we've got a spell that does something that no other spell does which is grants or remains in play that affects multiple units. Uh, Chris and I encounter this. So the question is, do you dispel it once and it negates the effect from all the units, or are you forced as the opponent to ne- to dispel each unit? And I'm thinking it would be everything. I would think so too, but it is something that's never been addressed. And I tried looking it up, and it really. There's some confusing language as to which way you're supposed exactly. to interpret it. And I think the what, do you, what are the the bull centaurs that when you brought that up, I'm like, dude, yes, please FAQ that one. Yeah, a couple ones for that one. What's their base size? Why do they have spears? If 
if they have spears, that implies that you don't treat them as monstrous beasts. So how do I interpret their shield? Do they get parry or not? Do they get plus one to strength because of spears? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, uh, my characters have this thing called a dark-forged weapon, which is sort of magic. But then you immediately put in a rule that they go in the back of a Lamasu, which says in the uh, Storm of Magic book that anyone carrying a magic weapon, it's negated. Are they negated? Is that what you intended? Is uh, it anyone in base contact with the Lamasu? Is that what it says? Yeah, including the writer. It actually says that? I think so, yeah. It's like, well, okay. what the hell? I know. It's like, so <laughs> is, this, is this what you intended or not? And furthermore, there are, there's a cost discrepancy between Tamarcon and the Storm of Magic. You follow the, stor- you follow the Tamarcon ones for that because there's cost discrepancies in the Storm of Magic book for a lot of characters. Like, if you want to take a Hydra in Storm of Magic, I think it's like 200 points. Okay. So, But if you're taking it in your own... If it's in your own book, I think you follow your own book's point cost. Right, but I'm still taking the care, this creature that's in that other book. Exactly, because it refers it has, you to that book. And so. it has upgrades. So I assume oh. I, so I add upgrades, for the cost from the Storm of Magic, and add it to the Tamarcon? Oh, you know It's what? like, you know what? No, this this needs to question. be addressed. That is a good question, then. Um, that is a good question. And I've noticed that one of the effects of the Dark Forged Weapon is eternal hatred. Now, that implies that my Chaos Dwarf eternally hates... High elves? What? So you have hatred against everybody in the first round, but yeah. on all, but actually, uh, you pointed I, this out to me because I didn't think about that. Eternal, yeah, eternal everyone hatred. hears eternal hatred and you think hatred of everybody first round, but no. it actually says eternal hatred is the dark elf of uh, uh, hatred against high elves. So is that really what the writer intended? And oh, and by the way, uh, the fact that all my characters get these magic weapons is that actually a magic weapon? Meaning I can't buy them? Not clarified in the book. So there we go. How about? How about a little FAQ, love? That's works, what it works for me. Uh, and oh yeah, um, how about some? How about some more Hammerforge hobgoblins and Kadai and bull centaurs and all these other cool miniatures? <laughs> that would be nice too. And that's what I got. And like I said, I gave them nothing. So that's right. They no, we we got our gift. We got it. It's called a book. All right. So Army Four: The Demons of Chaos. I kind of got lazy on this one, Dave. I'll be honest with you. I only Fair got enough. I only got one thing, and it's a bit cold. I, I don't know if they need help or not. They're pretty they're pretty badass. So all I did was I never liked the the transition from the fifth and sixth edition demons where they had a little more character. Demon princes and uh you know and the the the, the, the gods of chaos kinda hated each other. Yep. And it was reflected on the table with animosity. And yep. I don't like I really don't like the idea that you can mix and match between all of them and they just get along and it's fine. I actually think that it takes away from the theme of the army, and I would like to see the reintroduction. However they want to do it. If they want to reinvent who hates who, fine, but reintroduce animosity. In the old days, it was corn versus slanesh, and nowadays it's corn versus zinch, right. I guess. Which always, I mean, like I said, I, didn't, I, I only came in playing right around the time the new book came out, and I didn't know anyone who played demons, yeah. so I didn't know those old rules. But it always seemed to me if Korn hates all sorts of magic to the point where he has no magic, no, then it he makes would sense. hate Zinch. Yeah. yeah, but which is why it was confusing at first. That, why does he hate Slan? But he did. Now he hates right. whoever. I don't care if he hates Nurgle, but I just want him to hate somebody, and I want it reflected on the table in a way that makes sense. Well, you and I were thinking along the same page, because I gave them back animosity, and I actually came up with an idea for how it works. Oh, let's hear it. Um, okay, so... Each each god has three others that he looks at. So two of them will have basically no animosity. Two of them will have, like, low-level animosity. They're, like, neutral. Mm-hmm. And then two of them will have high animosity. So let's say Corn and Nurgle have 
they're basically like allies. There's no animosity. Okay. Zinch and Slanesh, no animosity. So one ally, one neutral, one animosity. Right. Okay. The neutral for corn, it would be Slanesh, uh, and then Nurgle and Zinch are the other neutrals. They have to test within, um, I think we've made six inches of each other. So if you get close, they're going to test for animosity. Meaning that you would have to be careful to not flank charge with two that really hate each other. Right, and not keep them next to each other when you're deploying and stuff like that. Um, and these numbers could be changed. You could make it, because I did 6 and 12, you could make it 9 and 18 if you really want to penalize them. So, so the core idea is, it sounds like there's one that works very well. Like if you take two demons or two chaos powers well, within an army, you're just, fine. Yeah, you can't just say, I don't want to go to a mono build just to avoid that. You can take well, whatever you, you want. You almost can't with Zinch. I mean, with Corn, Right. Because then you have no magic unless that's the direction you want to attempt. Right. But, I mean, you could I mean, you, you could do a mono build Nurgle. You could do a mono. And if you have too much animosity, then it's kind of pushing. I wouldn't mind if they designed the next uh, demon book where you could try. It's like if right. you want to play all Corn, you can practically dispel as well as dwarves. That would make sense to me. Right. Or even give a bonus. To mono builds. If you are the, like, you know, Tamar Khan, if you're all Nurgle, your Nurgle abilities get a little bonus. Or if you're all Zinch, your Zinch abilities get a bonus. That's actually not a bad idea. I like that. That was the other thing I was thinking of, but I didn't know how to work that, so I didn't do that. Well, you would have to play with I mean, that's that's tweaking and playtesting, exactly. but I like the idea of it. But so I made the animosity for allies, none. For neutral, six inches. And for hated enemies, 12 inches. Um, it could be actually nine and eighteen if you really wanted to to really push that they're testing every turn. If you're because you could keep your guys a foot apart from each other, but see once you go once you have to keep them at least twelve inches apart, now you're messing with your BSBs and your uh, generals' sphere of influence. So that hatred has to be at least twelve inches, so that whoever. Well, it limits who's carrying the BSB because it has to be your main force carrying the BSB because if you've got two people who hate each other on either side of you, they're going to have to stay there. <laughs> and God, God Well, what I'm saying is if you've got a corn lord as your general, then you to get within range to use his leadership yeah. for your Zinch guy, he's got to test for animosity to be within range to get the leadership. See what I'm saying? That's why I don't know if 12 inches. It might be, might need even to be a little bit more. Well, but at least 12 to keep them out of that. Okay, you're not even getting close enough to use a general's leadership because you guys freaking hate each other. Yeah. Well, it sounds if like you want to risk it. sounds like it needs a tweak here and there, but really it's the idea is sound. It's like, yeah, these guys hate each other. You're going to have to deal with it. It's going to make your deployment that much harder from start to finish. It needs something, and I think it – does it nerf the army? Is it coal? Kind of. Well, it's a coal, but I mean... But it, it, it makes the army... Uh, it works to the fluff, and we all know I love the fluff. But it actually makes the army, I think... I don't know. I don't I don't want to say better, because it doesn't actually make the mechanics better, but it makes it... If you want to... You know what? I'll, I'll give the demons a gift. You know what I think they deserve? And this is would be very generous, and I, I don't have a way to expand on it, but... They deserve blood for the blood god? Bl- well, if you play corn, yeah. <laughs> they need... Each one of the powers needs one more lesser demon infantry type. Oh, I see what you're saying. That way, you have more variety, but you're limited on what ones you can take safely together. So instead like, of just a herald, they'd have a herald and something else, or well, no, no, the unit like oh. uh, like 
demonettes for for uh, Slanish. Oh, okay. And introduce some other infantry type. Oh, so instead of having like four infantry types, one of corn, one of harrowers, or reavers, or just make up. So something. then they'd have eight core units. Yeah, but yes. but Oof. but then you have to limit which ones they can take together. Like really punish them. Like if you're going to do that, then make animosity unforgiving. Okay, I see what you're saying. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that way, like, you still have access to, say, if you only take two powers, you still have access to four lesser demons, which would be four core units at least. But, you know, yeah. if you did any more than that, you'd run the risk of your army collapsing. I like it. I like it a lot. Something. All right, so uh, on to the fifth, and we'll just, we'll, we'll, why don't we do them in fives and then take, quick, take a quick break? Sounds but, like a plan. So we're up on to the Dark th- Elves. Dark Elves. What you got, brother? Dark. That's another one of your armies. Yeah. Now, I, I had a couple of extreme ones, but I kind of wiped them away. I What I ended up doing was, as a gift, give them some plastic witch elves, give them some plastic executioners, blackguard, that sort of stuff would be really nice. Yep. Um, I don't know if I want to mess with the point level of Hydra. I suppose 200 would still be fair. Yeah. You know? I mean, would you still take it? I probably would. So... I'm sure Dark Elf players are saying, shut the hell up, I hate you. But, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. That would be cool. So for a gift, I do two things. Again, I don't want to change an army that works well. So I do two things that are a small tweak. I've always had a, a fondness for the executioners, and I think they're right. underutilized. So I think a fair thing to do is right now they've got this limitation on uh, the, the size of the standard, 25 points only. Right. I'd say allow them to carry up to 50 points worth of a magic standard. Okay. I'd say the biggest impact that you'd see is you'd probably start seeing them carry the Always Strikes First banner. It's called the Banner of Hagrave. Right. And then you'd, you know, that combined with their great weapons, they'd strike an initiative order, making them more desirable to take. Cool. I like that idea. And it's going to cost the points, because they still got to take the expensive banner. they still got to take an expensive banner. And they're banner. putting an expensive banner on a unit that's not going to actually get the Always Strikes First. It would, it would give them Strength 6. They are Strength 6 with oh, Killing yeah. Blow. But they'd be striking an initiative order. And again, that's five. They're fast. They're elves. Oh, yeah. But it's something that I think would be fun, and it introduces a new way to but, play Dark Elves. But it also doesn't throw it all out of balance where it's like, oh, my God, I can put ASF. You're, you're giving the ability to... And it's not necessarily... Not give them ASF and not put it on a different unit that would get ASF. You're putting it on... And it doesn't feed and make the shadow spell Dark Elf list better because they're already striking at strength six. They're already doing what they need to do. Right. So it allows you to play in a different way. What was your other one that you were thinking of doing? Well, I had another one which was increase the Blackguard maximum capacity beyond 20 because okay. they got this limitation. The other one was just to disallow them from taking Shadow Take altogether. Take Shadow off the list of things they could take. Yeah, that's that, that that's going to get Rotten Tomatoes thrown at me. I'm just sick of Shadow at this point. But yeah. I don't know, but uh, it, but that would mean improving the dark magic so that it's more desirable to take. Okay, yeah, that's true. So I don't think that's fair. That's just something where I'm like, Ugh. I like playing Dark Elves. I dislike it when people roll their eyes when I take my list out of the box, even uh-huh. when it's a strategy I don't necessarily employ. And I right. should take it. I should take Shadow and win. Yep. <laughs> but I don't. So It's just, it, it's, it's, it's so good with them. It's all. It, I see what you're It's almost too good. I I with wish. Them. I wish that I could make a worldwide change to the shadow lore to make it a little less scary. Yeah, because it is. If you can get the spells off, I can lower your toughness and suddenly raise my strength, or yeah, lower if, your this or that. If, if it makes every other choice obsolete, then it, maybe it's too good. Yep. Of course, I'd say the same thing. If I could take life magic with my dark elves, I'd probably try that too. 
Yeah. But anyway, so I think the fair changes for this list then would be consider the Hydra price hike to 200, but I would um, raise the, you know, raise the magic standard cost limit to 50 points for the executioners and drop the limitation for the black guard size of the unit. How about you? All right. Um, I kind of gave him a bit of a nerf. I admit it. Yep. Um, and I, But here's the thing. If you're playing, like, tournament-wise, if you're playing in a comped environment, this will not affect you at all. So it really, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll hurt armies that a lot of people don't take this anyway. Hold on. Let me adjust. I need to move here. All right. Um, I basically took their Power of Darkness spell. Yep. And made it cost six to cast. Well, that would more or less negate its... Well, here's the thing. I mean, that you're, basic, you're, that's a, that's definitely a nerf. Because you're, you're level three or you're level four, if you even roll one dice, you still got to roll at least a three on that one die. If it, when it costs four points, you could throw one die at it. If you roll a one or a two on one die, it's broken concentration anyway. You need at least a three, right? So your level three, it doesn't change what your level three or your level four needs. They, they still got to throw a three on one die, so it doesn't change it for your lord level wizards at all. It really doesn't affect them at all. Where it affects is if you're throwing out a crap load of level 1s and level 2s, now your level 2 needs to throw, instead of a 3, he needs to throw a 4. So it, it basically cuts down by one-third his chances of casting on a, on a single die. Well, it kind of kills that list I built, but it's not doing that well anyway. So well, yeah. And th- like I said, in tournaments where they're limiting to 12 power dice per phase total, it's not good. I mean, there's, you know what I'm saying? So in England, it doesn't affect England. Well, yeah. Um... But, I mean, we hear a lot of stuff from there, so, yeah, it, that wouldn't be it. Uh, and here, I don't know how often people are using it because, I mean, I just don't know. But it, it's going to keep your level 1s and level 2s from just throwing one die. It may not affect anything. I'm not actually hearing about it a lot. Uh, a right. lot of Dark Elf lists are utilizing... The, the power that I think is being abused is the ability to roll more than six dice. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to take that away from them because they're Dark Elves and they're just... I mean, they're crazy, stupid magic throwers, and that's one of their things. And I just, like I said, I looked at this and said, I I don't want to nerf anyone real hard, but I think this is such a small adjustment. You're not going to see a level one, a level one, a level one, a level one, and they're all just throwing out their dice. They're going to have to throw two dice at it, which means at worst, if it goes off, I mean, it's it's what, D3 plus one? Mm -hmm. So if they throw two dice and it goes off, at worst, they get their original dice back. Yeah, but it's not worth it if only that one can cast it now. I mean, yeah, it, it could. I mean, it's a nerf. That's, uh, but it's not that bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone, can, everyone can still cast it. And it, like I said, in your level three and your level four, half of your wizards are not even affected by it because you can still throw that one die, and you have to throw a minimum of three to cast anything. So if going a level three, throwing a three hits it on a six anyway. Yep. So it's just for the the level twos and the level ones. That's that's where I nerfed because I I just. I just I don't even know how to compete with that when I see a bunch of them and suddenly they go from having you know eight power dice to twelve or thirteen and I'm just like Jesus Christ. So, or if they actually get a nice with eleven or twelve. I mean, you've you've had phases where you get eleven or twelve dice and suddenly you've got like sixteen or seventeen and it's like, well, crap. <laughs> see, I never felt that way quite as much, but then again, I never faced against it. I I would be more afraid of on my side of the table watching that is just like the most terrifying thing. I'd actually be more see. afraid of like the the purple sun effect where I get to suddenly fill up from no dice to twelve dice. True, true, but I'm not atta- I'm not 
I'm not changing the lures. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying this is something that they have that's just theirs. I bet you you'll see that change anyway. I bet you once they get the new army book, I bet you the power of darkness will be simply the lore attribute. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. If they cast this, they get an extra power something, die or something like that. Something, yeah. yeah. Or there's every spell gets a plus, I don't know. Yeah. Like any uh, direct damage or anything that's offensive will get an additional D3 or something like that. It makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Like you're not supposed to be augmenting. You're supposed to be hurting. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, that's five. Quick yep. break and back. Sounds good. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. All right. We are back. We're going to get back into it. So that was Dwarves. That was Dark Elves. Dark Elves. We're on the Dwarves. Go for it, my brother. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first of all... um, one of the gifts I would give them is plastic kits. I think they're due for oh, a sculpt update. And uh, and I don't even dislike their sculpts, but seeing all these new dynamic sculpts, I know they're short, and I know, but just every hammer is the exact same. Yeah, pose. it's time for it's, it's time for some dwarven resculpts. Other than that, I gave them two special rules. I'm not going to give them a nerf, not at all. I'll give them two things. I do. I genuinely believe this is actually one of the scarier armies. Okay. Uh, I don't think as many people play them, but actually it doesn't feel that way. I loves them. I, they're very good. I The few times I've played dwarves, it was like playing with power. Caleb's taken them to, to, our, to our campaign, so there will be dwarves in the campaign. Oh, I'm sure there will be. Dwarves are scary. I think the dwarves are a hard list. So I didn't want to mess with too much. Hobby wreckers. Nah, they're not hobby wreckers. But, I mean, there, there, there are a few things that I could use a tweak. Mm-hmm. I was really scared to touch their, their, are there their gunners. Even though I think you want to change their gunners, I didn't want to make those changes. But there's one thing I would do for their corollers and for their thunderers. Yes. Uh, I didn't want to affect their slow to fire. Okay. But I am going to add quick to fire. Well, they don't have slow to fire. They have move or fire. Move or fire. Okay, right. so it's not slow to fire. It's move or fire, quick to fire. I do think that at least on the when they're being charged, they should not suffer penalties for shooting. Because they're dwarves. They're cool under fire. That shouldn't be a problem for them. Oh, that yeah, that's 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 good. And the other thing I would do for them is I wanted to be able to most of the units in the dwarven army you're likely to take, but the one thing that's sort of suffering right now would be I think they're called the iron breakers. Yep. People don't take them, right? Nope. Uh, so give them a special rule that I've invented here called indomitable defenders, which means that uh, they successfully parry on a five plus. That's cool. That way they actually are as resilient as they're supposed to be. It's a five-up ward in close combat instead of a six-up. Well, it's, it's a parry ward. A parry so, save, yeah. So but. they don't get it anywhere else. Anytime they can't use a parry, they don't get it. But right. as long as they're in close combat and get a parry save, they get it on a five-plus. That way they are as resilient as they're supposed to be again. Cool. Yeah. That's not bad. 
I did something similar, but then again, not quite. Um, dwarves, uh, especially with everyone taking great weapons now. I mean, the thing about the dwarves was they, their armor. I mean, they were the best armorers in the game. Second best, yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, well, now they are because chaos dwarves all wear chaos armor that has a five-up freaking ward save against fire. Well, we've got an unfair advantage. I mean, we, we're allowed to break all the rules of physics. Yeah, basically. Uh, and chaos, you know, chaos warriors are wearing four-up armor. Yeah, well, we built it. Yeah, and uh, you built it for them. Um, basically, we have the Iron Breakers mm-hmm. have Gromwell armor, and the characters have Gromwell armor, and no one else is allowed to take it. Right. Well, it's um, a limited resource. I understand. But, so I mean, you've got to start putting them. blood and uh, demons into your armor, and it will no. work better. Uh, so here's what I did. Uh, partly because, like I said, we're looking at the Iron Breakers, which used to have the great two-up armor save, yeah. which they were the answer to cavalry. Cavalry coming and charging and hitting hard will wipe out the armor save for pretty much anything in the game, and we didn't have any heavy cav, but we had these basically these thick, heavy steel cans. Right. That were that was your answer to the the cavalry coming at you. They were the things that could answer to it. Um, and even your regular your regular warriors, they were still pretty tough with with their with the old armor saves the way they worked. So um, I changed it to. <laughs> And I know this is probably too good, but they're my dwarves. I made dwarven shields giving a two up sa- a two a plus two to the save instead of plus one. For all dwarves, all dwarven shields gives a plus two instead of a plus one. That would change their costs. Uh, well, yeah, well, well I ain't gonna do that. I'm giving them giving them a treat. That's okay. So this, so this isn't based on like what is fair, but just this is cool. This would be fun to do. Yes. Okay. Yes. This would, well, like I said, I'm not playing with point costs, but I, 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 I liked that. I looked at it and looked at it and said, this would, de- this would be beautiful. Well, in that case, my Chaos Dwarves have a cannon. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I gave, which is probably even, you're going to think is even less fair, was um, I gave the Quarlers and the Thunders Ballistic Skill 4. Whoa. That would break the bank. Their move or fire. Um, Bear in mind that means that your Thunderers are hitting on a 2-plus in short range. Yep. Those guns is good. Unless, of course, they're standing and shooting, then they're hitting on threes. Yeah, well, that's that's that would definitely be fantasy with advantage. That is very powerful. Uh, but here's the thing. Well, that, was, that would be a kingly gift. P- yes, but people aren't taking them. They're well, just they, not, they would now. And they're taking them as well. But even then, remember, they have they only have light armor. And if I gave them that instead of the plus on the shields, they only have light armor. And you have to pay extra for a shield. They have the exact same stats as a regular dwarf, except they only have light armor. A regular dwarf's eight points. So if you go from heavy armor to light armor, you figure if it's about a point difference, at least that's what it was with the uh, between the skeletons and the uh, VC skeletons. Well, if they've got... if they So they're shooting at long range. That means you take 20. They're hitting on threes. Strength four armor piercing. Um, yeah, that's because they hit the plus one. That's cuckoo. Uh, that's I no, won't. I won't deny that. That's an incredibly good gift. It is a good gift. Uh, and the and the quarrelers are hitting at the strength four, not armor piercing. But they're um, hitting at range thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that case, you, the question yeah, you is: just, the question you just is, take a big, 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 big unit of them. Well, you can't get too big because you can't shoot in more than two ranks. And are you when you when you get into close combat? They've still got basic regular dwarf stats. Their weapon skill three, you know, they're not fighting any better. 
Um, they're still strength three, toughness four. Uh, Thunderers cannot take great weapons, so they're going to, you know, and like I said, with the light armor, they are going to, even if you give them a shield, now they're going up another point to pay for that shield. They're going to, they're, they, they, if once close combat comes, they're still going to get chopped up. That is the biggest problem with them is you have to kind of put them in a place and you can't really move them because as soon as you move them, they can't shoot. So make those shots count more. That's my that's my solution. I wouldn't approve it for a book, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> this is these are gifts. Well, you know, like I said, it's probably just as unfair as the glorious charge and no, the other no, thing. no, 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 no. That would not that should not be in a book. I mean, I <laughs> I think that it should be an option that you pay for. Oh, okay. And I don't sense. I don't know how much you should pay, but I'm thinking you should pay for it. Oh, okay. But I'm just making my dwarves a little better. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and like I said, you're only going to get a couple rounds of shooting off anyway. And at this point, it's they're not doing it. I mean, I like them, and with me, they often do enough to whittle it down close enough. Here's the thing. Right now, I'm shooting and whittling you down enough so that when you actually get to me and start killing my guys off quicker, especially if you're coming in with your cav and things like that. Oh, with, you'll destroy cav. You'll wipe out the entire regiment. The two up, uh, the heavy, heavy cavalry is still going to be uh, having a four-up armor save. And if they have any sort of award, they're still going to, a lot of it's going to survive. Well, let's say, well, how many guys are firing? If you just, like, take 10, um, that would mean 7 out of 10 hit. Right. And it's what, so. And then. And they're, if they're toughness 3 and you're strength 4, that means that. Uh, about 4 or 5 wound. And then if you got a 4-up save, then you're going to take 2 or 3 wounds. So that, right, that that's. 3 a, guys down, and they'll take the panic test. They'll charge, and you'll win. Because then you'll get a second uh, you'll stand and shoot. It's possible. Possible. It's <laughs> <laughs> you will blow them up. But right now, but if you're even if you're charging with some guys with good armor, I mean, look at I mean, God bless America. One of the things I you, you know you've got your your uh, warriors of chaos charging at you. I, I'm taking away some of their armor save, but a big block one. I mean, the, the, like I said, I'm just looking at something because once they get into that close combat. Those are the dwarfs that you worry about getting chopped up yeah, the well, most. You don't have to defend it. I mean, yeah. that's your gift. It's what's one hell but of that, a. That's why I was thinking of. But yes, of course, I know it. It was too good of a gift. I know it's too good it's of too a gift. Good. It's too good. I. It's not. It's not balanced. I'm not denying but it. Whatever. Yeah, that's but fine. That's for them. They're the only ones that I really gave that that ridiculousness to because they're. I love them. Of course you do. That's cool. That's. that's I love to be some dwarfs. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. It's your army. <laughs> okay. Next uh, is I think Empire, right? Empire. Go. For, uh, go for it. Um. I made a, a little bit of a rules change on this one. I did more, like I said, with little rule tweaks, I think, than things because, like I said, I just wanted to, I wanted to take things people weren't using and use them. Yeah. And you don't see people taking as many detachments um, a lot of times, I think, in the games. Yeah, we both wanted to do something with the detachment. And basically what I just said was, you know, and what, did, what does everyone always say? Well, okay, fine. If, the deta- if you're going to have your detachments and they're going to get to shoot at me and they're going to get to counter charge at me, I'll just charge the detachments. And that's a great, that works really great in theory, um, and it really, it, it does. So what I just basically said was that um, if you charge a detachment, then the main unit can countercharge. The parent unit. The parent unit can do I, the same thing. I, to, to try and keep balanced, I was scared of that because I don't know if that's broken, but I like the idea of it. I mean, that's something I wanted to do too, but. Sure. Oh sure, I, but I mean, and it might it might be it might be really I don't know really it's, off. It's really hard to know if that's broken or not. But I love the idea. I love the idea of it. Yeah, and, and I mean, like I said, it was just something that you you'll start seeing. I'll tell you what, you'll start seeing detachments. Well, yeah, because detachments, <laughs> of course, you will. Detachments are good. Um, they're not unbeatable, 
uh, especially if you've got like you know not necessarily the gunners, but you've got some of the like I said, I mean some of those uh, what do you call them the the cheaper of the uh, the state troops or whatever I think they're called militia the militia yeah you're putting them on the site they're not that good of a fighters they're but they're enough to get a flank bonus and get some other stuff like that they're a deterrent yeah yeah so but it'll keep you from charging them instead because you I mean unless you're using that as a tactic to force. The parent unit to flank and would expose their flank to another unit, but well, then we're talking. Well, the detachment unit is—it's part of the fluff. It's part of the flair of being the umpire. It's like the 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 lands formation for Petoni. It's something cool that only they have. And I want to bring that back into the game. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that you know, it's it's not drastically changing what you're going to take or how you're going to take it, but it'll it'll make that formation at the very least viable and possibly quite. It, may, it might be too good. But well, I like the idea of it. Again, I think it's something that you would need to tweak. The question is, is it too powerful? But if it isn't, I love the idea of it. Well, sure, because I already thought up another problem is if you've got a detachment on the left and the right and I charge you in the front, then the parent char- unit char- hits you in the flank. Uh, does the second detachment flip around and hit you in the rear? Because that seems like way too much movement, and it raised a question to me that there I would, didn't even understand it how would, it, would, it would require that you come up with limitations on what you could do. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a need to review what is and what is not possible. But exactly, it's, but it's something. It, it the it, idea is there. The the seed is planted of like what can we do to improve? These? They need to do something so that it's viable again. I had a couple of ideas. I want I wanted to go the same direction you did and make a change to the detachment system. So the new the new rules I had. Are you done? I'm sorry. I'm oh, that was it. Okay. Uh, for both, if both the parent and attachment declare a charge on a unit, I feel as though it would be fun to basically kind of add some insurance. There oh, would, I love this. Okay, I remember this. If if either unit, so you roll for both to charge, but if either unit successfully charges, then they both successfully charge. So it's like you get two chances to charge, and if either one does it, they both get it. Because I think in the original rules, if you charge with the parent unit and it makes it, then the other unit automatically gets in, doesn't it? I don't remember exactly the details, but in this case, you basically get to roll for either one. So even if the charge is somewhat of a long shot, you get two chances to make it happen because if either one does it, you're both in. And I just thought that would be fun. It also means that if you have one that's slightly further away and you have one that's slightly closer, uh, chances are very good that both will get in because they're coordinated to work together. The other one will just do extra work to catch up. I think that's cool. It's fun. It's fun. I don't know if it's balanced or not, but I don't think it's necessarily broken. The other one I had uh, also is, let's see here. When charged, if the parent or attachment that isn't being charged can stand and shoot, so the so the one that isn't being charged, if they have ballistics weapons, they can uh, they can stand and shoot, and they do so without sta- without the penalty because okay. they're not the ones being charged. Okay. I had a third part of that, but I'm not sure if it's uh, fair. I'm not sure if it does anything. Yeah. It, which oh, and I just I just looked it up. If the parent unit does make the charge mm-hmm. and they're within three inches of the parent unit, then they can pretty much just make that flank, and they can see the flank. They can make that charge automatically. So you get the one roll for the whole unit. So yours does really make that. And, dude, that makes it pretty lethal, especially if you're going to have two detachments, one on the left, one on the right. You're rolling for all three of them. And, and if it's a three. ten inch charge or an eleven inch charge, you may say, "Screw it, I'm going to risk it. I can maybe roll it in two or three rolls." But that's just it. Yeah, even if it's a ten, you know, you need to roll a ten on three rolls, you might get it. So yeah, something. I don't know if people will it, like it or not, but it's a change. I bet you Andy would like that. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was cool when you said it. Uh, but that's what I had. 
All right. Uh, on to the high elves. High elves. Oh, yes. Here we are. Do you want uh, to take it, or is it my turn, or your turn? Um, I can go. Mine go is it. actually pretty simple. Go for it. Um, I gave Spearman heavy armor. I like it. They're kind of expensive as it is, but it does give them some resilience. It's easy to wound them, but now you get a punch through a five plus, actually four plus, if they take the shield. Yeah, so you'll have the. I think they. I think they come with light armor, spears, and shield. I think that's how the. I think that's how. I think that's how the high elves come. If thematically, it's not even all that out of bounds when you consider that. Well, we're going to put you in the front lines. Shouldn't we be wearing more, sir? I mean, because there are. There are some, uh, they're more of the elites come with heavy armor, and I know these aren't the elites, but, you know, that's the thing. Everyone says, okay, of their choices, I don't want to take the Sea Guard because they're really expensive and they can't do both things. You know, they, you know you're paying extra to do be able to do both things, but you never actually get to I've, do both I've things. I've actually seen people take them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I'm not saying they never show up, but that's the argument you hear is you're paying extra to be able to shoot and then to charge, but you can't do both, and yeah. so. You're losing the ability to, I think, shoot. 30 inches instead of 24 is right. what they have now. Yeah. And then uh, your bowmen in the back, I mean, people are always taking some smaller units of the archers because they have, they're have they they're almost naked and they they give up the points really quick. Yeah. So people are taking, you know, i got to take 500 points and it's got to be almost all spearmen. And that's the, I mean, even though they get to fight in, well, they fight in three ranks. They have a lot. Uh, yeah. They have the... If they're not in horde formation, they're fighting in three ranks normally. And then four once they charge, four if they're taking the charge, four, four or if they're not charging, yeah, four off the charge, and then five in horde. Yeah, so I mean, but you can't afford five ranks in horde. You, not with those guys; they're too expensive. I think they're eight points a piece. Well, eight times fifty. Right. I mean, horde, horde implies ten times five, so fifty times eight. Four hundred. Four hundred. And if you're going to take at least five hundred points a core, maybe you're just that crazy, and you're going to take that big I, horde and run up the middle with it. I guess you could, especially if they got heavy armor now. It does give them a certain resilience. Bear in mind that they have access to lore of light or lore of life and lore of shadow. Uh huh. So you could bring them back. You could give them strength eight. They're scary. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, they totally can be. But I mean, I think that's the one. I mean, they don't have a ton of that's reroll misses every turn. Mm hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not good, but I mean, I didn't know what else to really give them. They are. I think. I think they're a good army. You know, people really. You know, you hear that. They're not winning a ton of tournaments, so yes, they're I, good. I almost don't know why not. Well, because they're squishy. Yeah, and all unless, elves are squishy. unless their magic goes really well, they get chopped up. That's the thing. That's why. That's why. Yeah. That's why giving them the heavy armor says, okay, you you don't have to come in with the book of Hoeth and be guaranteeing your spells. You don't necessarily need that. Um, you can. You, you, you got a little more resilience. A little more resilience might just give them the bump they need. That, I like and it. I figured it was like a simple it. change. I'd be curious to see if that one small change has a big effect or if it's too much. I don't know. I like it, though. It's an interesting idea. What'd you do? I gave them two things. Um, I actually, the more I look at High Elves, the more I don't get why they aren't winning more tournaments. But then again, there are 16 <laughs> armies. Yep. You know, they are squishy, but they've got access to all the lores. Yep. And their own, which is good. And a lot of really powerful special units, yep. and their their ability is a killer when it works. Oh yeah, they can be circumvented. I mean, you, you can get around their pro their their you know what they can do. But so I didn't want to make giant changes, so I made two changes that I think work well with with their theme with what they do. Fair enough. The first one is um, silver helms are useless, at least in the special slot. So okay. I think they should be moved to core. 
They, they used to be in core. And I think they should go back. And they moved them out of core, but then changed that you instead of having to take a minimum of three units, you only had to take a minimum of two units of core. Yeah. That was the big change with the... With the high elves. There's nothing wrong with the silver helms. The problem is they're in the same place as dragon princes. And for the additional investment, you're going to take those dragon princes. They have two attacks apiece, and they're really good. Yeah, yeah. So I would put those silver helms back in core. Unless you're just or, making them cheaper, which, once again, we don't want to miss too much with uh, the points. Yeah, I, I think that actually if you put the silver helms in core, it means that you can build a different type of army, and that's fun. That's good for the game, and that also means new strategies. You can build an all-cav. If you wanted to, and that's interesting. You know, an all-cav always strikes first army. That is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but that's that's the first part of it. And the second one is really minor, but yeah. not so minor. Uh, I like the idea of <laughs> well, it. Well, which is it? Make up your mind. Well, it's it's uh, kind of a, a seventh edition throwback. You see you see fewer bolt throwers. Mm-hmm. Um, the high elf bolt thrower is just as good as the dark elf one. It's cool. I thought that... High elves should be, like, practiced against fighting big gnarly monsters. Right. So I included the rule that now high elf, I think they're called Eagle's Claw, the bolt throwers, uh, gain plus one to hit against large targets. Which they used to have. They used to. All of all bolt all. throwers had that, but uh, all, all war machines had that. Well, actually, all everything had it. Yeah. But just include it for the high elf bolt throwers. That's kind of cool. I like it. It's sort of thematic when you consider that high elves are supposed to be these amazing archers anyway, and they're... And they're yeah, I just thought it's it's interesting bit of flair. They're that, already ballistic skill four, yeah. So they're hitting. Oh, on, they're going to hit accurately, and it means that against high elves, big fugly monsters are scared, and maybe they should be. And it yeah, also, because if you're in what if you're within twenty four inches, they're hitting you on twos. Then and it also means that a high elf player doesn't have to lean so heavily on magic to get the job done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's that's cool. That that works. Well, we'll see if it does or not. But anyway, well, I mean, it works it just you know from first impressions. Yeah. Just, uh, so from high elves, we're on to lizards. lizard men. So what did uh, what did you do? Well, I gave them a little coal, and then I gave them some interesting stuff. I don't think the army's broken. Huh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Anything but they're doing just fine. Yep. You know, dwellers below on turn one with an uh, unstoppable force. <laughs> you know, out- <laughs> outside of that. Uh, two things. The first is the coal. First the negative, then the gift. Salamanders may not move in fire. Boom. Let's just make that a rule. I like that rule. I've been thinking that should be the rule mm-hmm. since this whole thing started yeah. about it. They've already got chameleon skinks. They're very efficient. Yep. They shouldn't have two versions of that. You know, salamanders are on top of the chameleon skinks are too much. And just throwing that giant template of fire down, and if you take wounds, you got to take for panic. I mean, it's just it's it's brutal enough. Don't yep. let it run all over the place and do it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So salamanders, I, I would say that the first change is salamanders may not march in fire, but to make things more fun for the army and to include some unusual changes here and there, first of all, I think that stegodons should be redesigned so that they have one stat like the Arachnorok. Agreed. Crew should just be part of the the stat. Agreed. That way one cannonball doesn't go ping, 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 and kill five out of six skinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're watching the Zapruder film all of a sudden. Yeah. The other one would be just something I invented. Uh, I've always liked the Carnosaurs, which are those big mon- the big Tyrannosaurus kind of guys. Right. Um, I think it'd be fun and thematic and appropriate to design Carnosaur monstrous cavalry units. Okay. You know, be yeah. fun. You know, if, if ogres can take 
you know, units of, uh, what are they called? Mornfang? Mornfang. The Lizardmen have been doing big monsters for millennia. They should have it, too. So right. I think I think Carnosaurs are cool. Let's see them on the table. Okay. That's um, about it. And nothing too crazy, but I thought it'd be fun. I didn't want to give them other nerfs because they do just fine, but, you know, that's it. That's what I got. Yeah. Here was what, actually what I did give them, and it's, I once again, find a unit that nobody's taking and make it more viable. The Jungle Swarm. Um, oh, Yeah. Well, the jungle swarm is poisoned attacks, five attacks. It's a swarm, which means it's uh, unbreakable, but you almost treat it like a demon, so it's unstable. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's got all those all those rules. Where is it? Jungle swarm. Here, jungle swarm did not count for your minimum number of core units. So right. once again, core units. But if we took that rule out, then you could actually just take these. I, I think part of the reason for that also is they don't want to see people just say, oh, I took 600 points worth of jungle swarms. Right. Well, I mean, originally, because it was one to six bases was the size. Yeah. You, when, when you, had to take a, you had to take at least three core units, you could take three 45-point bases and be done with your core units. Right. So now if you're taking one to six bases, it's counting towards your points. And really, how many jungle swarms are you going to take to get rid of your Saurus warriors and your skink skirmishers? No, I don't want any of those guys. I, I so badly want to sing a jungle love to the, you know, my oh, jungle, we yep, jungle swarm. So it's one to six bases. Yeah, it's the, the their weapon skill is three. Their strength and toughness, two. They have five wounds, five attacks. Their leadership, ten. Well, what did you do to them? Um... Well, unbreakable skirmishers. They're small, poison attacks, cold-blooded. Um, I gave them seven wounds and seven attacks. Interesting. It's just they're going to stick around a little longer. Like I said, they are still got a low strength. They're still strength two attacks. Yes, they're poisoned. But I think you'll see people taking them more. Two more attacks. I mean, if you've got seven attacks, you're almost guaranteed to roll one poisoned hit. So you're going to get some sort of a wound. Well, it, it's seven attacks and seven wounds. He's doing that. <laughs> I keep turning my head and banging in my microphone with my earphones. Well, it's seven wounds and seven attacks. You actually stand a chance of uh, doing enough wounds yep. to not actually crumble. Right. And to if, lose you the do, combat. if you are crumbling, once again, I mean, it's just I've, I've made them 40% more effective. They had five. I added two. That's 40% more. Suddenly, they're forty percent more effective. Well, the whole their whole purpose isn't to cause damage; it's to hold the opponent in place. Yep. Um, so you take but, more of them to hold them in place, but you never see them. No, because they don't work very well. I, on their I've own. never seen. I've literally. I've been playing against. We've had a couple of lizardmen players. Never seen one on the table. Well, as a VC player, and I guess I could call myself a Tomb King player, sort of. Not quite, but I'm getting there. You've learned. You we learn very quickly to fear crumble. Yep. You know how quickly it can kill you. Yep. I mean, in one turn, all it takes is one bad round. Well, and they're 45 points, and you don't want to crumble and lose. But you can't only, if you, if you only charge one in, it will not win. It will crumble, and your opponent will be able to overrun, effectively not performing what they were supposed to do, which is to hold you in right. place. Right, and then taking three or four of them suddenly becomes expensive. Expensive. When you could have just taken some Saurus. Seven wounds now. Even if you charge in and you do one, maybe they don't do any, who knows, or something like that, and they got a couple of points of combat res they beat you by, it, it well, I may like not it. be enough to get I rid like of you. It. I like it. I mean, I think I like it. It's uh, That might actually be fair. For 45 points? They're 45 I, points. I guess the question is, would I take them before? And the answer is, I probably wouldn't, even though they have poisoned attacks. Maybe, but probably not. For seven wounds and seven attacks, would I take them for 45 points? Yeah. 
Yeah, I probably would. I'd probably take a couple of them. I'd probably, pay, I'd probably spend 90 points and take two bases at least. Yeah, and suddenly there's 14 attacks and 14 wounds, and you've got to beat them by a bunch. Yeah. They're going to do the job at least for a turn. And so, at the very least, take one, just sort of keep it off in the distance, and the second I've got a chance, I'm locked in combat, get him in the flank or something. Exactly. I mean, it's just you never see them, so... And lizardmen are tough. They don't need a. They don't need a big. You know, what am I going to do? Make skinks better shots? I mean, come on. No, don't do that. <laughs> so here was something that I said. You know what? This is something I could do. Take a unit that I've because I'm flipping through the book on. Wait, what? Do you, what do these even do? I've never seen them. Well, let's make these better so people take them. Swarms are an unpopular choice right now because they they crumble. Now, in 5th edition and 6th edition, I think that they were a little better off. I don't remember 6th edition introduced the crumble for them. But for a time, they were actually a big problem because they would just tie people in place. Right. And they just wouldn't die. But, like I said, it's. I think it, it doesn't necessarily make the army any tougher. It doesn't make the army any harder. It takes a choice nobody has and makes it more viable. Very cool. Well, that sounds good. All right. Uh, what did you? Oh, you already told me what you gave them. Mm-hmm. So we have one, two, three, four. Let's do another one, and yep. then we'll take our, our, I think our, our last break or whatever. Ogres. Ogres. All right. Uh, go for it. Okay. Um, I, I, I had two. The first one I did, and then I realized, you know what? I didn't want to mess with points too much. So um, I, I was flipping through. And the ogres, I don't think, need a lot. I don't think, I think they're, they're pretty Darn tough. I think that few people would argue. Yeah, the they, new they have a solid book. So, but I looked at that Thunder Mace, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, now which one is that? Is that the one that uh, it's, it's basically the thunder, it's, that's the the Thunder Crush? Yeah, okay. it's basically it's a great weapon. Yep, and you can trade in his five attacks to do a single attack, and if it hits, it's basically the small template, and it works basically like any sort of a of a of a the, rock thrower. The Thunder Crush. It's a yeah. three with a nine. In the middle. Yeah. Um, it's it's 85 points. Yep. Uh, at first, I thought to reduce it to possibly 55, allowing possibly you could take that and then the heavy armor with the four-up ward save. Uh-huh. Because I just... As if, you know, it's, it's so expensive. And really, I mean, five attacks at strength seven or eight, whatever their base... I think their base strength is five. So you're giving the great weapon. It's always striking last. But it is a great weapon. So it's five attacks at strength seven with your with your with your tyrant. Yeah. Or do I want to trade it in to get fourteen hits at strength three? Because you're only going to hit four, maybe fourteen or fifteen at most. I mean, what's the most you can hit with that little pie plate? Sixteen to twenty-two. Is it that many? Potentially. And you're probably not. I mean, depending on where you want to move it, and if you want to hit someone with that little center spot, because you could you could center it over over like a character right in the front row. And have that other part over your own guys because they're too big. It won't hurt them. Right. It is a thunder crush, so it does not affect anything. Right. So I'm thinking, but do you really? I just, do you want to trade those big, strong? I'm going to smash things and and get and kill things attacks for a chance that if this one attack hits, then I'm going to do strength three hits on a bunch of guys. See, I remember liking it a little bit more, but that's also because there are reroll mechanics that you can incorporate to actually count on it hitting. So I just, I, I I couldn't decide whether to drop it to 55 or 65. And then as I was doing that, I said, I thought I wasn't going to play with points too much with this. Okay. So then I, I went to my second option, which was, once again, find something nobody takes mm-hmm. and make it better. Gorger? No, I like the Gorger still. 
Okay. Everybody hates the Yeti. I just took away flammable. It doesn't have a freaking armor save to begin with. Does it need to be flammable on top of it? Yes, it's cold, but if it's covered in snow and ice, it shouldn't start on freaking fire anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's got an aura of frost around it, which does that whole minus one to your weapon skill or minus one to hit it in combat. It's got all these cool things, and then it's flammable. I agree. I, I think that's a fairly safe change. The problem is I don't think people are going to take it anyway, but... I agree that that would be an improvement. For for a model that people don't take, that's a good start. It, once again, it might need a points adjustment. It might need something else. But Yetis aren't all that bad. They weren't all that bad. Making them flammable, no, it, 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 that's the kiss of death. Well, the, 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 the saving grade for the Yeti is the fact that they've got those magic attacks. Uh, I guess that's the reason to take them in the first place, right? Especially, you're going to see them now. With the VC coming out, you're going to need to incorporate them somehow. Ooh, that might even be true. Uh, yeah, they're they've got Swift Stride, Fear, the Aura of Frost. Um, what is that? Minus one to hit him? Yeah, uh, let's see. They're it's like the Lord, it's like Nurgle, right? Wield Enchanted Ice. While any enemy models are in base contact with one or more Yetis, they suffer a minus one penalty to their weapon skill, and Yetis' close combat attacks are magical. So yeah, it gives them magical attacks and minus one to the weapon skill. Their weapon skill is three. So it's not really going to be giving them a huge bonus. I mean, the only other weapon skill three creatures are going to... But it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, well, the advantage there is, and with the exception of the really elite units, everyone's hitting them on fours. Right. So so everyone's hitting them, but it's not like it's going to be a bonus. It's not like they're going to be hitting on threes anytime soon unless they're going up no, against weapon skill three guys. No, no. But that's, or, that's, not the, that's not the ogre advantage. Of course, if you can get a Yeti into some of these weapon skill two, like peasants and stuff, suddenly now they're, hit, now they're hitting on threes and the other guys are hitting on fives, but that's few and far between. But it's just like they've got swift stride. They've got this magical attacks, minus one weapon skill against them. They cause fear. Oh, but, you know... They've got three wounds, and they're flammable. They're toughness four. They have no freaking armor save. Maybe instead of taking away flammable, you increase their weapon skill to four? I still I still think because they're flammable and they're 44 points, they only have three wounds. You know, they're just like a regular. Doubling the wounds they take with anything that's fire-based, especially with all the flaming banners, I'll just you know shoot them with bows and suddenly do them. With, if I could do two wounds, they're dead. Uh, I'll just do this. That they don't have the parry save. They don't have any sort of save. So why why double the wounds on them? They're already going to take wounds. They're already going to die quick. Yeah. Take away that one thing, and they might be a little more usable. Well, cool. Yeah, I I, I could agree with and that. And the magical attacks. I didn't think about that. That'd be something to incorporate. Well, you might you might have to consider taking them if if VCR is going to be as ethereal scary as I think they are. But so that's what I did. Yetis are not flammable anymore. Cool. I gave them only cool. I didn't give them a <laughs> gift because I don't think that there's anything that they need. In no, fact, I think good. I'm starting to think that they... I don't want to say they're broken. I don't think they're broken. I really don't. I just think they're powerful. That's all. But you really have to learn how to play against I, them. I think they're a little bit like the VC and the demons a little bit in 7th edition. I don't mean at that power level. I just mean that at the moment it appears as though they're unstoppable, but... We're just learning them. We're learning how to play against them. Yep. The one thing that I do have small umbrage with is that the one thing that doesn't make sense to me is that this is an army of extremely expensive, low number, low model count 
army, right? Right. I don't think that they should have an inherent advantage to win in the deployment phase, meaning I don't think they should have that many deployments. True. And it's very, very easy for an ogre kingdom to simply buy, for 21 points, uh, three units of saber tusks, you know, uh-huh. 21, 21, and 21. I think that that's an unfair thing. It doesn't, and I don't think it's thematically appropriate. Right. So I think that in order to balance that out and encourage an ogre player to actually buy some nobblers. Okay. Because I don't think that they should be ignored anymore. I like nobblers. I do too, and I think they should actually be on the table. So I think that a good coal for them okay. would be saber tusk units are now limited to zero to one per army, meaning you can only buy one unit of them. Unless a hunter is present in the army. So you have to take the hunter and spend the whatever it is, 100 points or whatever, right. however much so, it is. Or, you know, if you take a hunter, then you can take as many of those guys as you want. Up, well, up to three units. Up to three yeah. units. Or I think the other way to balance that out would be to change the uh, limitation of the saber tusk units. Right now they're Over one to ten. 30 points for a hunter. It's ex- it is expensive. So, would I mean, if you want that deployment, you got to spend it. Yeah, I kind of like your second idea almost a little better. I do. They're both they're both interesting. And the second one would be, well, the second one simply takes the option away from you, which is from now on, saber tusks are three to ten, not one to ten. Which I like almost better because the units of three. I mean, it, it seems like they're like little packs of yeah, they're pack animals. But it effectively takes away that something they have now, and I don't necessarily like to take it away. The question is, how much do you want that? Right, I mean, you're not taking it away. If you're willing to spend 60 points to have a unit of three, I mean, they're not, they don't but, suck. Well, but now you don't have one. No. You can't have one, and that means that... So take your nobblers. The 130 points you're spending on the the hunter just to take three of them? The question is, where where do you want your expendable deployments? Do you want them in the, a large form? Because nobblers, you're investing more. Right. Than a single saber tusk. For 21 points, I've got this one guy. I can right. run him right into a mangler. 21 points later, he's gone. The mangler's gone. Well, 10 nobblers are only 25, so you're not paying much more for nobblers, but I think that they're more thematically part of the army than having these single saber tusks. So if you, you can take a unit of three because they are better than nobblers. Yeah. And then you could put them in there for 60 points because if you make nobblers trappers, they're going to wind up being 50 points for your unit anyway. Well, I like either one. So, yeah. I think either one would work and would balance out the army. I don't think that the ogres are necessarily broken, but I don't like the ability. I feel like it's one too many things that they have in their court, which is why would they possibly win the deployment phase? I think that they should have to pay for that. Right. So. No, I think I, I think it's a it's a, you make a you make a good argument, and I and I like you know either yeah you can have one and then you go take some nobblers. Or, which actually have a bigger footprint too. They do. That's something else you got to deal with. Is like ogres have a very large footprint in their deployment, and you've got to worry about that. Right. Which is why it's so much easier just to go there. There's my saber desk, and there's two more coming. I win everything. And it's right. Like, okay. Now you got to now you got to pay for. It. Of course, that's how it is in real life. I got to deal with that all the time. But in this mystery world of intrigue that we give gifts to our units, this is what I do. I take away. <laughs> So that was my ogres. Okay. Um, last break? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. This is Billy. Billy's sad. I'm sad. He recently started playing Warhammer Fantasy 8th Edition, but just can't seem to win even a single game. I saw. Then someone gave him a copy of Unseen Lurker. What's this? 
Why, Billy? Unseen Lurker is the world's greatest tabletop wargaming magazine, full of great articles, interviews, tips, tactics, and battle reports. Wow! I never thought of that! They have all sorts of cool information and good ideas for you to build, paint, and play with your army. That's a great idea! Now Billy's turned his game completely around, and he can win with whatever army he chooses, like his ogre army. How do you like being tabled, Warriors of Chaos? Or his Bretonian army. Take a horseshoe print in your forehead, Mr. Sled. And even his Tomb King army. Help it abomination? More like a help it pincushion. So if you want to turn your Warhammer fantasy game around, just like Billy, you need to get a subscription to Unseen Lurker at unseenlurker.com. That's Lurker with an E. Thank you, Unseen Lurker. All right, we are back, and we're going to wrap up the armies here. Um, who's next? Orcs and goblins. Orcs and goblins. Is it my turn to go first? Sure it is. All right, what did I give these guys? I gave the ogre, or orcs and goblins... This is another army. They've got a lot, and I don't think they're... I don't think that they're a bad army. They're a good army. In fact, the more I play against them, it's like, woof, these guys have a lot. But they should. They have a lot of variety. They've got a lot of grenade units, and they've also got a lot of muscle units. Uh, their character's extremely tough. So... I looked through, and I think that their weakness is the inability to give their units magical attacks. I think they're especially going to feel it now. Orcs and goblins are going to hate VC. So, I think that the one thing that they can use is an ability to gain magical attacks. And I thought the the most fun way to do that, Uh the most appropriate way to do that, thematically, would be it emanates from their shamans, or shamans, however you pronounce it. Okay. So I thought it would be fun to actually give them an upgrade for their shaman. Like, as long as they're within a unit, I think you'd have to pay for it. I'm not sure what the cost would be, but I would think 30 points per character would be appropriate. Okay. And it sort of emanates green power, or whatever you want to call it, blessing mm-hmm. of Gork, or Mork. And it basically grants magical attacks to the unit. See, I'm thinking that the foot of Gork will touch all five units in a cav unit and will hit it hard enough that it just dies. I agree. That is the good way to do it, but it's also... In order to guarantee it, they have to six dice it, and there's only so many times they can afford to do that before they die. True. I'm saying it is it is inherent army weakness, and I think that they should at least have one way to come up with it. Like one wizard, one shaman. The, 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 level, the highest level wizard may emanate his power into his unit or something. There should be some cost. You yeah. Know? Or... I just think you're taking units that are because shamans are going to wind up being stuck in a unit of savage orcs mostly. Well, that's it. Yeah, they're they, and they're already. I mean, it's like their best unit. But I mean, I, but I, I mean, agree because the, the the cost there that, mm-hmm. is that he has to be in a unit, and if he does miscast, he's in a unit. He's going to catch those guys. True. I mean, there is a risk there. Well, they got a ward save though. Well, that's the, those, those the right. The, I'm just saying, there's 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 checks and balances. I just yeah. I I don't, and it's not because of but the VC. Is, I just wonder if giving a whole unit magical attacks. I mean, it makes me. I, I yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I I agree that it's something that you should be careful with. But I think with the orcs and goblins, it's not necessarily broken. And like you said, you're saying that there should there should be some sort of a payment for it. But I'm just I'm I'm hearing it, and I don't hear uh, like how much it should cost and stuff. So I just wonder. Okay, well, how how does that gonna how would you make that work and and be balanced? It, it focus thematically. It should focus around the shaman, right? 
So they have to be in a unit for them to get the magical attacks. If he leaves, they immediately don't have the magic attacks. Uh-huh. The cost there is that um, either a point value or I think that um, another way to do it would be at the start of the magic phase, you may pay two power dice. I don't know, something. You know, like instead of casting spells, you literally have to just take a couple of power dice and throw them away or something. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Some, some, so it ha- there has to be a cost. There has to be a reason for doing it. Cool. But uh, that w- that's what I gave him. Um, I, once again, took a, took one of their rules that didn't work and tried to f- kind of fix it up. Which one? I gave them a better wah. Uh, they lost the wah spell. I was having a conversation with, with, with a friend who was saying how they just they don't think the orcs and goblins are all that good at all. Mm, I don't know. They, if they I don't, don't think- agree. They say that they they're just they're not very good in close combat. That the thing that used to make them great was the fact that you had a wah spell and the general could call the wah. Oh, I can't agree. Okay, Which, well, I, I, the wah is fine, but honestly, I mean, Chapas is huge. I, yeah, Chapas is a really good rule now, but it's that first round, and if they don't break you, I mean, I've played orcs. I've been I've been beating orcs and goblins more than I've been losing to them. And Chris is a really good player, and he's an orcs and goblins player. When I play him against other armies, I tend to lose a lot. But it's like orcs and goblins. I'm I'm not nearly as afraid of as other things. Um, I mean, they're they're tough, and I don't want to get into too much close combat with them. But I think against things like elves, I think they suffer drastically. Uh, dwarves with a good armor save and chaos warriors with a good armor save, they suffer drastically. Uh, anything that's got a really good armor save is is it, even though they're they're tough, it's still they're still going to get stuff against them. Uh, I like orcs and goblins. Don't get me wrong. I was just listening to what someone was saying. I said, so the general can call the wa now once a game, and it gives them plus one combat res. Mm-hmm. Ooh, great. Who cares? I mean, it's just... Well, you're going to do it, but it's not like the old days. Right. So I basically said any non-goblin general, lord, you know, whatever, any non-goblin, uh, you know, any orc general can call it once a game, and basically it's like the old one. They get to move forward. Uh, I couldn't decide if I want to have move forward D6 inches or just their movement value. I mm-hmm. thought it might be interesting to have those, like, goblin wolf riders and stuff moving their full movement value. <laughs> And then, and then if they're in, if they if that movement forward gets them into contact, it's a charge. And if not, in the movement phase, they can still declare a charge. And then um, they used to be able to get to re-roll their to hit rolls. And you know, once a game, that could make them super. That that suddenly you're looking at orcs as a feared army with, when that wa comes into play. They would be scary. Yeah, one turn a game, they're having a thousand attacks. With their plus one, and they're re-rolling their fail-to-hit rolls. Um, I think the orcs would appreciate to have a real wah again because I think the wah is a joke now. Yeah, they would and, be they would be incredibly scary. Yeah, um, but I mean, I'm giving them a I'm giving them a, 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 a sort of a princely gift because yeah. I, I do have a I do have a spot. I love the. I mean, I don't play them. I have them, but I haven't. I don't really play them that much. But I really love them, and I, I just love the idea of them, and just these big monsters, just this huge wah, and it should be, the wah should be something, this is their big push, this is where they're all screaming, they've all gone insane, and this is their turn. This is the turn where they are going to, if you if you choose it carefully, this is their all or not, this is their betting heavy to win heavy, and mm-hmm. plus one to combat res is not betting heavy to win heavy. 
giving it back to what it used to be. Even if just they all move forward D6 inches and then they're allowed to charge and they get to re-roll those to hit rolls, suddenly you're seeing something that's like, damn, that's good. Hmm. And it's basically the old wah. And I'm not giving it back to them as a spell where they can cast it every turn. They got it once a game with your general as long as he's not a goblin. Make it work <laughs> and make it work right. Well, I will say that I think this this is a gift on the same level of your dwarven gifts. This would definitely make them scary, very powerful. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not denying it, but um, I mean, a lot of the stuff, especially if you got a lot of little gobliny little deployments, those things are going to move forward, and they're not going to they're not going to do as much, probably. But your but your orcs are going to come in, and they're going to this is this that's their turn. And I think that I, I like it. Well, I think I think another nice gift for orcs would be tournaments where you're not penalized for having models lost because so many of the orc units are grenade units and you have to lose them. Oh yeah. So I think that there should be more tournaments where you're not penalized for how many models you've lost in order to gain the victory. Uh, what do you mean? Meaning, like, I'm going to have to spend 65 points here and 65 points there, and these guys are going to have to die, and these guys are useless, and they're going to have to go in this pump wagon, and that chariot's going to have to go in, and they're all going to die. But eventually I'll grind you down, and I somehow squeak out ahead by about 200 points. Oh, I see. So, well, you know what, though? Then don't take as many grenades. Then, well, there's that. But that's the orc advantage. I mean, you have those units. Well, that's why I like giving you the why. You have the option to go a little bit less with that and a little more... That's just like I said. That's that's my uh, that's my that's my gift to them. Oh, very cool. Very cool. All right, Skaven. Skaven. What did I give the Skaven? Oh, it's your. Uh, is it you? Your, I think it's turn. me. Yeah. All right. I, I had a tough time. Originally, I gave the Skaven nothing again. Yeah. That was one of the. There was like three armies that I was just like I couldn't think of anything. Oh, I gave him a slap on the wrist. You better believe it. Um, I, and I didn't want to do too many slaps on the wrist, but I I did I did I I gave one boost and one slap on the wrist. Okay. Uh, the slap on the wrist, it was just, it was one of those things that irritates the crap out of me. I took the Doom Rocket right the hell out of their book. Ah, okay. I'm tired of the 15-point Warlock Engineer or getting getting skitter-leaped or tossed or move him forward and throw out the... They've got enough things that go boom. You don't need this cheap 45-point I could possibly take out a whole unit thing. I hate it. It irritates me. It's a little thing. They've got so many toys, you don't need this stupid doom rocket that you see in every army. You know what's funny? Because at first, my first thought was, okay, well, that's a bit biased. I hate it, too. But now I'm thinking about going, what does it change? I'm not sure. Maybe it should be gone. Maybe it isn't necessary. Maybe the army is strong enough where that is the one thing that pushes it over the top. I don't know if it's pushing it over the top. It's just it's it's one of those one plus things that is just so irritating, but so I mean, annoying. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, okay, so that means you're no longer spending 45 points on that warlock engineer. You could take 20 slaves for those 45 points. You, and Yeah, I mean, it could make a big difference, but it might break the back of the one major unit that that person really needed and suddenly they gave up on turn four. I yeah, don't know. maybe just, maybe that is fair. Maybe that is actually more balanced than it sounds. It's like I just took it, it out of the it, list. It sounds like an fu to the Skaven that actually is not a bad idea. Maybe when they make an eighth edition, that needs to be the hell out of there. Um, like I said, they just there's so many things that go boom in that army. Of course, with, right now Relian is going fu G hammer. Well, I mean, and a lot of Skaven players are saying that. But come on, you've got you've got all your little you know portable weapons teams. You've got 
Warp Lightning can't. There's so they, many things that blow up. They have everything. They're the everything army. And the thing is, if I shoot that guy and kill it, it's like I, I got 45 points. I mean, they're, they're, that's something that is it's so easy for that. If that thing doesn't blow up on the guy. For the amount of points you're spending on it, I feel like you should roll twice on the scatter. Or so, like it I really just, should be uncontrollable, and you point it in a direction and hope for the best. It's just it pisses me off because it is. It's forty five points. It almost is all. It's 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 such a it's such a one plus. It seems to me not. Once again, there are probably skating players out there going, "I don't take it. You're an idiot." But if you never take it, then what do you care if I'm taking it off the list? Right. Um, here's what I try to do: is giving them a little bonus, and this is probably I don't know. I was once again. What what don't people take? And I kept looking around. I go, well, there's so many. I'm not sure. I think. I mean, a lot of units get taken if, depending on you know. You're, I just see so much when I see Skaven. I see so many different things on the table because a lot of it's so cheap. You see a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, one thing I I noticed I don't really see is a Vermin Lord. You know, outside of the Doom Rocket, what can I give a bonus to? And I look at that Vermin Lord. Vermin Lord is 500 points. He's a level four wizard. He can know Ruin and or Plague. So you could say, I'm taking two Ruin, two Plague, and then roll or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, he's got Scurry Away. He's immune to psychology. He is a large target. Um, he causes terror. He's got a five-up ward save. But he's got this thing. Oh, he does D3 wounds because of the, his weapon. But the Rat Demon rule means he's a monster. He can never join units. He can't be the Army General. So he's got too many limitations that mean that you don't want to take him. And he is a demon. So he's affected by rules, abilities, weapons, and skills that work against demons. Well, Which is also, why he gets the five-up ward. You also can't give him... Well, that's actually a worse ward save than what you can just normally give your gracier. Right. So for 500 points, why, are people, why would you take him? You would not. Uh, he is movement eight, weapon skill eight. His, he's got a strength six, toughness five, wounds five. His initiative is ten. Five attacks at leadership eight. Um, he's you know he's got all these right stats, but he's so expensive. So I said, you know what? It probably won't change anybody's opinion of him. But what if I make him toughness six with six wounds instead of toughness five with five wounds? I didn't go seven and seven like the freaking uh, like I did on the lizard men, the little swarms. No, that would be a bit. And I still don't think it's necessarily going to make anybody change them, but they're so good. I think, okay, I give them a bonus. I want to give everybody something nice. Actually, for 500 points, I think seven and seven, uh, strength, toughness six with seven wounds is not inappropriate. That way you can't be killed with one cannonball. Okay, so six and seven then. Look, give them toughness six, not tough. Man, I don't need to be, well, it doesn't even matter. Toughness seven, once again, that just means one other thing can only wound him on a six. That, and I think he should be allowed to be the general. I think that they should allow the fluff to. You know, he, he's a demon. You summon him up. I, what is it? He, that, oh, he summoned. It, it, the, he he will take over this force. You will follow me, me, me. I would think. I would almost think he would have to be the general. It's like no, he can't be the general. Yeah. I mean, what are they that afraid of him that no one will listen to him? Well, so maybe we make him. T- so if he was strength, so if he was toughness seven with seven wounds, would you take him for five hundred points? I mean, still probably people wouldn't take him. But if you see him on a table, suddenly you're like, oh crap! I'd at least try it. I'd consider it because now it's like having a greater demon. What is it? like having a greater demon for the Skaven? Yeah, it, it should change the army. Yeah, I mean, like I said, for five hundred points. So yeah, I'm even going to make him better. Yeah, so he's got toughness. Well, but by making him better, you don't have a Gracie or you don't have other. No, you don't. And once again, on a two thousand point game or even a twenty four hundred point game, and no Gracie means no Bell. Uh, probably means no Plague Furnace. Uh. 
Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you could take the plague furnace because you could take the. I think the hero level. Uh, the uh, what is he? Oh, the hero the level. The the uh, pestilence. Yeah. Monk. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's the guy who goes on that, and I think he's hero level. Uh, yeah, the plague priest. He's a hundred points. You could still have the. You still have the plague furnace. But if you're spending five hundred points on this guy, and he's he's and he's not your general. You know, it's it's, too many points on something that you still need to buy a general for. So yeah, so I mean that's I just so yeah, so bump him up to toughness seven, still has seven wounds, make him something that's formidable on the field that makes him worth taking, because um, you just don't ever see him, and I don't know how much that would actually really change the game, um, other than maybe seeing fewer screaming bells and graciers and actually seeing something that's a little more combat-oriented. But that's refreshing because it means that Skaven lists would change. It means they also have more options. And it's still a level 4 wizard. I mean, it's not like you're not getting your magic in there, and he can pick from either, you know, he can roll up from either of their two available lores, so you've got something there. Well, I like the idea of making the Vermin Lord different because otherwise you're not seeing them. Yeah. You're only seeing them in list that people are designing for the fun of taking it. Exactly. Um, Because the few people I've heard who have taken it have said, you know, it's just, it's not that good. It's not that good. It's it's a bit like my Grail Reliquary. You're taking it because it looks so fun on the table, but it just disappoints you in in practice of playing it. Plus they got that awesome Vermin Lord Forge World model. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun to play. It looks fun to play. That's what I gave him. What do you, what do you do? I didn't have anything friendly to give him. I doubt it. It's it's Skaven, and they really don't need help. And there are many arguments in favor that the Skaven are the best unit, the best army right now in 8th. I don't know if They're so tooled up for 8th with their bonus, with their rank bonuses to leadership and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. So many advantages. So I, I couldn't find any one thing that I wanted to change to improve them because they don't need improvement. There's nothing that needs improvement. Okay. So. I gave them a slap on a wrist, and it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty big one. I this thought, cracks me up, too. You know, it's funny, because after I read this, you kind of gave me that double take. I, I invented this. I thought it was a really clever idea, and then you told me that Well, it's, and let's throw that out there. You didn't hear about this other thing that I told you until after you had come up with this. Yeah, which is just, so there you go. Just proves so, you should be designing so rules. So, GW, hire me, because apparently we're on the same wavelength. Go figure. Um They'll never hire me. They're like, go to hell, Barnett. We hate your guts. But we'll hire Whitech before we hire you, and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Well, yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> so what I did is I gave them what I call Warpstone Coal. Um, <laughs> so the concept here is they have everything. Well, they don't have flying. They don't have cavalry. But they've, they've got an answer so to everything. you gave them a box to put it all in. I gave them the Gom Jabbar, right? <laughs> no. I gave them... Put um, hand in the box. Considering that when something goes wrong for the Skaven, it goes wrong spectacularly because they used Warpstone for it. That includes their magic. I love this. So it seems to me that when they miscast, they should really miscast. Something should go wrong. So what I thought would be fun to do is wizards that miscast have to roll twice, and the opponent gets to choose which result, which apparently exists now. It's 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 going to be part of that uh, the mortis engine for the VC. If, I think it's only if you take the upgrade to get the plus two to cast, okay. but still. Well, I thought I thought it'd be a really cool effect for someone who dares to use warp stone warp stone to cast spells. It seems to be appropriate. Is that only if they use Warpstone tokens? No, or is that no, 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 no. Whenever I mean, they miscast, you have to assume that in the fluff they're practically breathing in Warpstone and they're eating Warpstone and they're living in Warpstone. So it's like, it just seems to. I wanted to come up. I wanted to do it the way GW does it, which is 
thematically what would make sense and then try and come up with a rule that makes sense within the idea. And that's what I came up with. It just adds a little more havoc to an army that can already have complete havoc. Yeah, I mean, they, I know that things go wrong for them, and that's what's the frustrating things thing. things go right, God bless America, they just kick your head in. And there's one thing that it does specifically. Um, almost as bad as the Lore of Shadow is that MFing 13th spell. I'll just throw <laughs> six dice at it and win. It's like, okay, I'm bored of that. That's a little boring. Now I'm going to punish you for doing it twice in a row. Because chances are you're going to have to miscast to do it. And now it's going to start to cost. Because if you, because there's, there's, there's really nothing good on that miscast table. Because you're at the very least you're losing power dice. Yeah, and but doubling down on the chance of and, you cascading. And, and I think it should be a risk if you're going to do the thirteenth spell. I mean, you, there should be like. Well, and you know what? Once again, and to go back to some of the fluff, if you read the Thankful and Bone Ripper novels, Thankful's always walking around with Warpstone snuff. He's got a little bit of Warpstone in his cheek pouch. He's got it in his pocket. And when he actually, it, it's such, it's, they're such great books. When he takes out his Warpstone snuff, when he gets the really pure stuff and he snuffs it and he snorts it, he starts getting these crazy delusions of grandeur. Like he's getting nervous and he's going to cast a spell. He'll grab some Warpstone stuff and snort. And suddenly he's like, Wait, what was I scared of? I'm crazy or thankful. I'll destroy you all. And he really starts losing control of himself because he starts to get nuts and is wanting to start throwing around magic. And then finally, and then, and then he like comes back to his senses when it starts. To, like, oh my! What am I doing? He's like, wait, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn my own brain out if I do that. What am I stupid? And so when you told me that and why with the warp stone, I'm like, dude, every bit of black library fiction i've read about gracie or thankful when he snuffs that warp stone that's exactly what happens to him that's exactly how insane he gets so it works I really w- well i wish they'd incorporate it i'm sure that every skaven player is relieved that i'm not a game designer for gw but that's what i did uh, okay uh take it tomb kings baby tomb kings okay um Obviously, I didn't give them any coal. I gave them two things. <laughs> I I like the Tomb Kings, and I still hope that they do well in general. Yep. It's one of my armies that I really care for. But what I ended up doing, uh, I gave them two changes. First of all, you're aware of the lore attribute for the lore of Nehekar. It's uh, when you cast an augmented, a friendly unit, they gain D3 plus 1. Wounds right. back. The problem right now is there's a, there's a caveat. There's a, there's a problem with it where if you cast it on an animated construct... They only gain one wound back, and that's once per magic face. I think that's just a touch too limiting. Okay. Right now, you're not seeing very many of those animated constructs. You 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 see, uh, war sphinx, and you see what are they called? Necro knights. Okay. And once in a while, you see the tomb scorpions, but that's about it. Those two units and everything else is kind of overlooked, especially like the Ushabti, the Sepulchral Stalkers. A lot of those guys are just ignored. Right. Well, okay, not the Necro Titan either. But in any case, I think that considering that. How many spells do you really think are going to get off anyway? Right. Just two or three? Maybe. You know, so I think that it would be fair. I don't think it's broken. I really don't think it's abused. If you allowed even the uh, the constructs to gain one wound, still one wound, but per spell, not per magic phase. And, and that's totally fair. In yeah. fact, when you told me that, I was thinking instead of D3 plus one, that have it only be the once per magic phase, but have it be just D3. So it could only be one. It won't be four. And that might actually be too powerful. But that I'm afraid of that only because you can start casting that on things like the War Sphinx, and it just will never die. It's, and at, that's, l- at least yeah. the risk there is the opponent knows, I'll let one spell through, 
but I'm not going to let you do that again because I don't want that war sphinx to get all of his wounds back. It took me long enough to get the one or two. And and, and I, like you said, I, you're you're probably you've played it more than me. You're probably right. At my initial reaction, actually, excuse it's, me. It's my, funny the war sphinx. It usually doesn't necessarily. You get one or two wounds, and then it just crumbles the rest. Right. You know the whole thing. It doesn't. You get one or two lucky things. It doesn't do well in the stomp, and suddenly that that rank bonus. And whatever right. standard or, or flank charge, and the thing just goes up in smoke. Right, which is why, and I keep hearing that you know they're good, but they're not that great. Which is why I initially went to go just give them the, just a D three only once. The unstable. So it's not D three plus one. It's D three, and it's only the one time per magic phase. But I mean, either way, I mean, if you think the other way, you give it only one, but it could be multiple times for magic phase. That might even be better. I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the whole army is built around magic, so it seems like the more spells you get off, the more you should be rewarded. And I think that animated constructs, I think that they should be able to get more. I mean, it's it's part of the army. You're I see what you're saying. Know. I'm casting it on you, and if I cast it again, it should work again. again. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. But that's what I did. The, the other thing I did for them is um, I think Ushabti are too expensive. Okay. I don't want to change their cost, but I want to make them better to reflect their cost. Okay. So the one thing I think that I could do that would improve them and make them more desirable to take, okay. no matter what form you take, because there's two ways to take them at least. Actually, three ways, but whatever. Right, right. Um, make them strength five instead of strength four. That way, if you give them great weapons, they're hitting at strength seven, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, it means that even lords with heavy, like, you know, two plus or one plus armor save are scared of them. Yeah. Even toughness five is getting wounded at a two. Right. Now they're, now they're scary. Uh, it means that their stomp is at strength five. It means that even the great bow guys and the guys carrying two hand weapons are hitting at strength five. And it means that they pass strength tests and everything but a six. Yeah. So I like I like that rule. I I don't know if that would be. F- I think it's pretty fair actually because because they're very expensive. Uh, not knowing the army as well as you did, this is the one army I looked at and I said, you know, a lot of people take the, a lot of these archers. You know, you see yeah. these, these multiple, you know, big blocks of archers because that's where they're good. And then if you can get your army up into combat with them, they're toast. Yeah, because they suck at combat. Yeah, the skeletons are that you take just enough to hold them for a turn, and hopefully by then you can get something in the flank. And I, I thought about this, and I said, you know, I didn't give the bonus. I, I, okay, here was what I said: was give the skeletons weapon skill three, mm-hmm. which. You know, their weapon skill two, well, they're dead. I mean, even the, the 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 peasants have weapon skill two, you know? Why would these guys be better? But if you read the story behind it, these are guys who are being brought back, who were trained warriors, who are been who have planned to be almost, a lot of them have planned to be brought back. And when they're brought back, they're not like mindless like the zombies or mindless like the vampire count skeletons. These are guys who may not remember their past lives, but they remember their training. And it actually says that in the book. They remember they, their training. They remember their pharaoh, yeah. And if they remember their military training and they're fighting in those ranks and all this stuff, Give them the weapon skill three. It just means that a, a, the only thing it really changes, they're still hitting on fours with almost everything, uh, but then they're not hitting uh, on fives against elites. Yeah. They have some ability to get around that a little bit. Uh, they've got my will be done, which are the two characters. Right. Tomb Prince, Tomb King. Right. It works a little bit like your weapon skill hat, except they have to be in the unit. Right. And how often do you see that? Well, I would take it. Some people take it, but aren't you? Don't you want to take your your magic users instead? 
I do, but I want to take that as my lord, and then I'll take a hero level, and I'll give him weapon skill five. And you're putting him in the. Uh, that's true. Well, then, but see, but not, if, not into my archers, no. Well, but that's what I'm saying. You know, suddenly, if you're taking one of these armies, which is you know three blocks of thirty archers, and then some other things. You know, it's it's one of those things where if I can shoot you enough, I'll kill you, and if not, it's game over. Well, let's make it where make them suddenly. I think the weapon skill three makes them a much bigger threat. It would help. It would help. I I mean, it's the difference sometimes between. I mean, letting my opponent hit me on threes means that it's accelerating my crumble. Right, and I mean, and this is basically just saying against basic troops. You're at least, they're at least hitting on fours. It's just, I mean, it, it seems to me that this, I mean, I think everyone would agree that Tomb Kings, I mean, I know you like them. Oh, yeah, very much. But they're they're still not. They're not an easy army. They're not a quick study army. You no. can't waltz into playing Tomb Kings and say, I've got them down. I mean, you can do certain things. You can't just take tons and tons and tons of archers and throw in Kalita and just hope you kill everything with archery. They're an army of inobvious strengths. And uh, and dangerous pitfalls for weaknesses. The crumble is the big one. I'm just saying, if if, if we were to have people do that with the contest where we rank the armies again mm-hmm. to the 16 of them, I think Tomb Kings would still be pretty darn low. I would agree that they'll probably make their way to the bottom, but that doesn't mean that. I'm just saying, if you give them the weapon skill three, my the reason I did it was by giving them that. Suddenly, they they got that gives them more of a fighting chance, and I think it really boosts them up and, and makes their like I said, it just it, it. I think it helps them all around. Well, I certainly wouldn't say no to it. I tell you that. Yeah, and for the for the points cost now, suddenly you've got your 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 you know your extra ranks, all the extra combat res is going to help against that crumble, and just you know hitting going from hitting on threes against them to hitting on fours, you're reducing the number of hits by you know a fourth almost, and that's a big thing, you know, so. Or maybe it's not. Whatever. Whatever the percentage is you're changing. You're changing it from hitting on two-thirds to hitting on half, which is, what, 16%? That's 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 help. That's helpful. I'll take it. All right. Um, well, the vampire counts are next. Um, go for it. Uh, I'm going to give them a brand-new book in four days. Merry Christmas. Yeah, how about it? <laughs> I mean, what am I, I going to even say? I, I haven't seen the book. It looks It looks good. Um, That's exactly what. Here's I've got. what I'm going to do. Whatever new book forthcoming. Yeah. There we go. Whatever they give them, if there's something in it that really sucks, we'll give that make that one better. <laughs> because I don't know what exactly is going to be in the book. One thing I'd like to see that I think would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, their zombies were not good enough in the old book. No. And zombies are fun. I mean, they're they're. So I'd like to see uh, zombie upgrades like Regen Five or the potential to add models to zombie units per wounds caused by the zombie unit. I, I, you know what, the Regen 5 or Regen 6 sounds like fun, but that could be negated. I like that because the, the, the zombies are so crap. They don't even do many wounds. Well, I want to see but, I want to see more different stats for them. But I, I don't want to see them that bad. I, the, the, the skill 1 is just kind of bad. Um, you know, maybe if you have a bigger unit, that the, the skill goes up to 2. You know, just because there's so many of them, there's like a swarm of them, so it's it's easier for them to get you. But I do like the, for everything they kill, I kill five models, I'll put five more zombies because they're raising up. And let's face it, I mean, I've taken a bunch of zombies, and they really do maybe one or two wounds. This is not going to break ever. the bank yeah. on them ever. So... I, I kind of like what you gave them, but yeah, new book. Just enough fun. Because zombies, they're neat. They're neato. 
Zombies are neato, and I want to see something. I want to see zombies on the table. Yeah. Uh, Warriors of Chaos. Warriors of Chaos. Okay. So in the United States, we do not play generally with comp, and because there is no comp, Warriors of Chaos tend to do very well. Yeah, because so, you just take a huge-ass block of corn yeah. with halberds, so they're getting the extra attack at strength 5, and then you take a block of, of Zinch Warriors with hand weapon shield, which gives them the 5-up parry save. But I don't necessarily want to slap their wrist. I don't think they're broken. They're just powerful. And you don't see them winning all the tournaments either, once again, no, so it's not... No. yeah. They do have their weaknesses, so the one thing I would like to see is there's a unit in there that people almost never take, the Forsaken. Yeah. Uh, because of the same cost as Chosen, and Chosen are insane good. So why would you take Forsaken? So right. rather than change the cost, what I wanted to do is what would I what would it take for me to take Forsaken? If people don't remember, they have D3 plus 1 attacks because right. they're frenzied. They are frenzied. Weapon skill 4, and they have like a, only a 5 plus armor save. They only have heavy armor. But their movement is 6. So that's the reason you take them is because they're quick. I'm like, well, maybe they're not quick enough. So what I would do is I would change the Forsaken's movement to seven. Not and enough to give them swift stride. Not not enough for them to have swift stride, but enough where they're moving fourteen inches and turn two they will they should be able to charge something. Yeah, and they're in a special slot too. Right. I mean, for so, the other things you could take for specials. So for seven movement, you could probably take five or ten, maybe five even, or you know, just well, uni- yeah, unit size five up, so yeah. ten maybe, and then. You could actually threaten something, and you could still take a small unit of chosen if you wanted to. But that's what I did for them. That's I think that's the only change that I would really make. Everything else in that army works. Yeah, because dude, they're they're actually way worse than chosen. When you look at it, their initiative is one lower. Their uh, weapon skill is two lower. Right. Yeah, they just yeah. Potentially. Potentially, you can have more attacks, and they're faster. Potentially, you can get four attacks. Right. But you can also have the exact same amount as them, Them, which yeah. is because the Frenzy's already worked in. If it was D3 plus one and Frenzy. The fact that they're Frenzied means that you uh, can't really control them. Yeah. Or but potentially, getting, yeah. you can't. And and right. Warriors of Chaos Army doesn't really have that good of a leadership. Right. I mean, you're getting two to four attacks because of that frenzy. If it was three to five attacks, if it was that plus frenzy, D3 plus one and frenzy, that's different. Because then they're getting five attacks until they lose the frenzy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Or eternal frenzy or whatever. I don't know. Or infinite frenzy. Yeah. Um, yours is probably actually even better than mine. I looked at a unit nobody took, which I have them and I like them, and nobody takes them as Chaos Spawn. Yep. And Chaos Spawn are very random, and they run around the board, but they're they're sort of like, they're your expendable deployments, because they're only, I think, 65, how many points are they? I always there? thought they were 50. What are they? Are they 60? Let's find out. Part of it is, I think they're in the rare slots. Uh, they're 55. Okay. Uh, fear, Unbreakable, uh, D6 plus one attacks. Yeah, I think they're, they move in the compulsory. They, they were very popular yeah. about the same time as uh, Swarms. Right. Um, they, people took them in seventh because they were a fifty-five point deployment too. Yeah, they're cheap. Um, you could still take them for cheap deployments. Yeah, they move d six inches. You have no control over the distance. You can you basically point them in a direction and they go in a straight line. Um, uh, two d six inches. So they're 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 almost. I mean, they're not anywhere near like the Mangler Squig. Yeah. 
Um, but what, it's that same sort of point. They used it, to be. Point it not, somewhere, not, move it. Yeah. I mean, they used to be in terms of not going through the unit, but rather charging in and actually being effective. Because if right. you charged it, you get to go first. Uh-huh. You wipe out half the front. They only get one or two attacks back. You win. Right. Yay. You can put marks on it. Give it uh, strength five. Mark a Nurgle. Mark a Zinch. Gives it the ward save, which it doesn't have. Mark a Slanesh. Gives it ASF. Um you can take up to two of them as a rare choice. So your limit of two, you could actually take up to four. Oh, two per slot. Two, yeah. Hmm. One to two per rare choice. So since you only take two rare choices, you actually have up to four spawn. Um, I just gave him a five-up ward save. I didn't change any of the rules. I gave him a five-up ward save. That would certainly Because they have no armor save. And they're demons. They're chaos spawn. They're this ball of arms, legs, and teeth. Coming out of the... They should get the demon ward save. Hmm. That's interesting. You might see him on the table. You might not. Is it going to break or change the game? No. Is it going to make warriors suddenly win tournaments? No. But it's my gift to them. Something that might actually allow you to vary up what... You'll see a couple of them. A couple of expendable deployments. Stuff you normally don't see with Chaos Warriors. Cool. I like that. Uh, we're down to the wire, aren't we? We're down to the wood elves. All right. Uh, did I go first? Go ahead. Okay. Wait, what did you give the warriors? Did you say? Did, uh, oh, you did say. Pl- plus one movement to it's the... It's getting uh, really late. I'm sorry. No problem. It's a seven movement to the four save. Right. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, go ahead with the wood, wood elves. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, what did I did? Um, first of know. all, two things. First of all... They officially may choose to ignore the effects of any mysterious forests or dangerous terrain tests from forests. Yeah, I had that on mine, too. That's, I gave them two things, and that's, they should not have to... They live in the friggin' they forest. They live in the forest. They should never suffer the effects if they don't wish to. I mean, if, if there's a positive... You, you still have to roll it. Roll it, but if it's something positive and you want to affect it, fine. You know, if there's both positive and negative, it's up to you if you want to... If you get one, you get the other. Yeah. But otherwise, you can ignore it completely if you, you want to. You can ignore the taking the poison things. You could ignore the blood forest. I mean, it, if the spell happens, the blood forest still moves, but it's not attacking me. I, I live in the forest. Exactly. That's just the... Yeah. yeah. Now... I, I think you're going to see that in the in, when they get I a should, book. I should hope so. Now, it, I actually yeah. struggled a little bit with what to give the wood elves otherwise. I've never played the wood elves. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, and I... I'm sure there are a lot of people who disagree, but in my opinion, I don't think that the four spirits need any help. They're pretty good. The dryads are amazing. The treemen are amazing, and the treekin are amazing. Yeah, and I recognize a lot of people feel as though they should always have that ward save. I that's what I gave them. I, I, okay, fair enough. I, I, I don't think that that's what they should have, so I didn't give that to them. But I think that where this army needs help is with the elves themselves. Well, I agree, but they need a complete overhaul of the elves. Oh, I looked yeah. at them and I don't know what to give the elves. El- elves need a lot. So I gave them I gave them a magic item. Okay. And I don't think it's the best fix, but it's the best thing I could come up with without having to reinvent every bloody unit. Okay. So this is what I gave them. Um, I, it's a magic item that I call Horn of the Hunt, unless they already have it. I'm not sure. Just something. So Horn okay. of the Hunt, and it's a 65-point magic item because it should be, because it's okay. powerful. What it does is that all non-forest spirit units within 12 inches of the bearer of the horn, and they have to, they have to use it at the start of their turn. Okay. Can uh, they use it every turn? No, only one use only. Use, okay. One use only. It's too powerful for that. But uh, the bearer of the horn, uh, so all, non-for- all non-forest spirit units within 12 inches of the bearer of the horn of the hunt may change their facing. 
for free before declaring charges. Okay. So that means that if you get yourself in the right position, people can't outflank you. You just go zip, 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 and suddenly a whole bunch of guys can charge all at once. And it's good use for your your fast elves can just find themselves into a spot. You can face any direction you want. At the start of the turn, you can redeploy your facing and make charges. That that works. I uh, I gave them I gave them two things. Okay. I gave one for the four spirits and one for the non four spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I got to agree with them. I think that yes, the the here's the thing, the four spirits were great. Um, you didn't need to have as many as you do now to have a competitive army. Yeah. Now you got to take a ton of them. Um, I, I really think dropping the dropping the limitation on the ward save. If they're if there's some sort of demons, if there's some sort of spirit, if they're you know just give them the five of ward save. They've got so many other weird balanced limitations because of the points cost of things. Just give them the ward save. That was the one thing I did for the four spirits. For okay. the non four spirits, here's I, what, I certainly understand that argument. Right. Yeah. Uh, what I did for. Um, for the elves themselves was for infantry, elvish infantry. So not for the horses necessarily. Although I think the horses can already. Do, I don't remember what the what their horses could do, and nobody takes their fast cav anymore anyway. Um, on a turn they rally, they can still shoot, fire their bows. Oh yeah, okay. So uh, that's. Um if you choose, that was, wasn't that a seventh edition thing? Uh, I don't know if you could or you can't in the book. Maybe I maybe I just gave them something they already have. Some yeah, some so units, some units. Are you fast? I thought that the I thought the cavalry could. Oh, feigned flight. Yes, or that. Well, they had that hit and run, and they had weird stuff like that. But here's what I'm saying: your wood elf, your basic, you know, your your basic uh, glade guard. Well, you know, you've got these bows, and they've got the glade guard bows, and they're doing all this stuff, and then they get charged, and they run, and then they rally, and then they can't fire their bows, and then they get charged again, and they got to either run again or they got to stand there with no armor and die. So what I'm saying is, if you want to have a true guerrilla army, let them run, and if they rally, you know, their leadership eight, so they're rallying with a musician on a nine. If they rally, they can still fire their bows on that, on that. Uh, that's powerful. Maybe, uh, maybe in that it one. makes that guerrilla army a true guerrilla army. Because if I can get out of the way, I could turn, boom, rally, pick my facing, and fire. They're almost never going to get in the combat. They're going to constantly be running away. They're going to be annoying. Either that, or to uh, another way around that. Because being able to flee and then rally and then shoot next turn is very powerful. It is. But almost as good would be the ability to f- stand and shoot, then flee. Do both, meaning that you get to stand and shoot, and after you resolve the effects of the shots, you get to run. You automatically flee. That might that might work. I'm going to flee, but when you flee, you also still get to shoot for those guys. Yours is more powerful, but maybe that's what they need. But they're both, but they're both interesting. It's just you see so many armies with. I, I got a couple. I got a couple of units of ten shooters here and there because you want some shooting, but then it's dryads, 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 treekin, tree men, tree men, tree men. Maybe the um, what are the powerful ones? Way watchers. The way wa- they have the killing blow. Maybe the way watchers should be able to flee, rally, and then shoot. And maybe like the because they're the more powerful ones. Okay. And maybe your core infantry can stand and shoot, then flee, but then of course have to rally. Or next maybe turn. give it to the rangers. 
because the Rangers are an extra five points to make. Uh, well, you know what? And turning them into skirmishers now sucks. So why would you even want to do that? That would I still wouldn't make you want to take them. That's why I was. That's why I didn't know what to do for the army because everything needs a change. I mean, <laughs> war dancers should be awesome, but they're not right now. No, no, they're not. Yeah, because what? Twelve points for the glade guard, and for an extra five points, I can make them scouts. It takes away their long bows, and they are skirmishing scouts. So, oh, great. So I don't have the long bow. Why would I want that for, for 17 points a model? Maybe the running and firing would do it. I don't know. I'm just thinking for the for the price you're paying for. I mean, they're, they are too expensive. I mean, we, we consider and say why they're broken all day. And I don't mean broken good. I mean broken like they don't work. Well, the wood elf as an army works, but there are a lot of dead. There's a lot of dead branches. It, well, it doesn't work the way it was designed. It, it basically, I have these really tough things, and if I take a lot of that stuff, which was used was originally the supplement to the wood elf. I mean, it is the wood elf army, and it's the army that you don't see too many wood elves in anymore. Yeah, that's very true. So I think allowing them to shoot on a turn that they rallied, suddenly you'll see a bunch of those back in, and there might even be MSUs in it because you'll have them running in all running all over the place and 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 firing. It might be cool. That'd be very cool. Well, I think we got through it all. Yeah, we did. All right. So I think that's a show. I think it is. I think I'm ready for it to be a show. I'm ready oh, for I'm some so sleep. Yeah, this. Yeah, we started too late. I'm sorry. I had to take care of some of the fencing. Banzai! We can do anything. We Who can. needs sleep? Uh, I just really thought this would be over quicker. I really did. I'm sorry. Don't sweat um, it. So uh, we'll be back next time. We'll be talking our well, first impressions on the VC. Yeah, by the next time we get together to talk, we are actually going to have a book in our hands and hopefully some new models and some new magic cards, and we're going to be able to talk about this new army. So it's very exciting times. So that's uh, coming up next time, folks. Uh, a, a nice review on iTunes would be nice. Mm-hmm. And it's still cold outside. Get yourself a hoodie yeah, or, or an iPhone cover. Be sure to check us out on uh, both on Facebook, which is uh, Garage Hammer Facebook. Or Garage Hammer Facebook. Whatever it is, Garage Hammer Podcast. Uh, you can check out uh, Dave on Twitter. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you can now check out Chris what? at Topher Sinister. Well, don't get too excited. I you posted. can follow him. He'll, he's had one tweet. One tweet. I wouldn't count on he, too many more. But if you follow him, then maybe he'll see that you're following, and maybe he'll follow you, and then he'll start list. He'll start seeing what people are saying on well, Twitter, and th- might actually be incur. Might that might make him want to? Well, I did. I, anyone who followed me, I followed them back. I don't really know what to, to do. I just clicked on anyone who was following. Me, so. There you go. Great. I don't know. <laughs> I just clicked things. I just clicked things. All right. Okay, folks, see you in a few weeks. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, dude, I had so much fun doing this. I got to say, this was actually fun for me. So, uh, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll check you next time. All right, episode 41 with the VC. Later. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. We invite you to join us on Facebook at Garage Hammer Podcast and to follow us on Twitter. If you wish to email us, you can reach Christopher at garagehammeratlive.com. You can reach David at david at garagehammer.net. And if you want to reach the both of us, you can reach us at garagehammeratlive.com. If you enjoyed the show, please let others know about us by leaving us a positive review on iTunes.